was an inferno in there! An inferno! Oh, there he is! That's... Searing inferno of 800 plus degrees. A Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 207, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prof, Carroll. Oh, it's been a long week, <laughs> It could have been a lot longer, apparently. It could have been. It could have been a lot was, longer. It was still long. Yes, 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 and of course, we are sponsored by Ocean Electrical and Leinster Credit, who both made the trip, and I was rocking the Ocean Electrical t-shirt at the poolside, Prof. In which, 33 degrees. Which drew a lot of stares from the... Uh, the Leinster Credit Boys who was like uh, they were going to start scrapping I think they were staring because they're like how was he not sweating <laughs> <laughs> yeah it lasted 10 minutes but of course <laughs> Ocean Electrical and Leinster Credit check them out are fantastic sponsors and um, yeah so this week we're going to talk about our trip to Malta uh, Maltese and European team 50 Totline and Nine Hoopers calling in and here from Bulgarian expert prof Matori Shumanov so yes, last week's show and the feedback with John Bourne. Fascinating interview with Nicola Coffey. Very informative, yeah? I, I, I thought so as well. I thought it was really cool and something that I said to you off air is like, this doesn't, this is like totally, what what other stadiums have a manager? You know what I mean? Like a stadium manager who, because the, it's council run, so definitely interesting. Yeah, we actually got a few <coughs> message in, messages in about Nicola. Uh, people enjoyed that interview. Uh, it was pointed out to me, one thing I didn't ask, uh, which fans are going to go in there? But maybe Nicola wouldn't have known that answer. But it is a good question. That's decided upon by the club, I'd imagine, by match day officials when it's complete. So apparently Larry's mm. want to commandeer the North Stand, so get closer to them. Mm. Um, we got an answer as to why no Champions League music Ooh. for the first leg in Tata. This particular UEFA delegate said straight off the bat, no Champions League music. Like before they even Why? said hello to Robert's officials, they said no Champions League music. Why? I don't oh know. man. And that's the first time it's happened. Like, going to play we've been playing now. Champions League football, we haven't had many games in Tata, but since 2011. And this is the first time it's happened. So hopefully it won't be the case for the Ludogorets home leg. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Sean McCarty, prof. Yeah, great story, isn't he? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Didn't get to me up at them. Didn't get to see a lot of people. But it was yeah. <laughs> Why was that, Gary? <laughs> uh, I was doing charity work 
in their own St. Julian's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Brad's a shabby head challenge. Had 35k in the first day. It's up to 65 now, bro. 65. It's over 65. Some big donations coming yeah. in there. Uncle Dermo dropped in 5k. <laughs> dropped in 5g's. But he's not shaving his head, though. No, you can have it back. Take it back. You gotta shave your head. You should shave the head, but leave the thirty moustache. It's not. It's not actually like shaving your head. It's just a tight haircut, isn't it? Yeah, like Brazzers one. Yeah, I That's, thought it actually suits Brazzers better than yeah. his actual haircut. That's by far the shortest his hair has been yeah. in the in the six years. There's always a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah. There. Uh, Peter Walker offering free head shaves in his barber shop in Perrystown. So get on down to him if you're thinking of doing this. Yep, get down, shave your head. Shamrock Rovers have tried to ward off interest in their teen star Justin Ferrazai by tabling a two-year professional contract with the option of an extra year. And his dad was in, uh, his dad was in St Julian's or Valletta cheering on his son. Yeah, with the Albanian dad, flag. Berkey's dad was there too, and he never got to see him on the pitch for stupid reasons. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll later. Talk about later. That has to be a fourth. <laughs> Uh, yeah continuing on there for Justin Justin yeah so the emergence of the 17 year old midfielder into first team picture has alerted several European clubs including Juve Sampdoria and they offered a three year deal to tempt him away with Celtic uh, but Glasgow rivals Celtic and Rangers are circling as well so everybody is starting to look at him but he looks the biz we haven't seen much of him but he looks very 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 good um, Hoops would only be entitled to FIFA compensation was he to leave in Europe this summer or in the UK into January when he turns 18 yeah so Brad's are, um, is confident of upgrading the teenager's contract from amateur to professional status protecting their assets so um, yeah his cameo has had a lot of people talking like the nutmeg in, in that game and yeah, just yeah, the yeah. fearlessness he showed just so much ability and not cockiness though confidence in his own ability to kind of mm. take on anyone so and just before we kind of move on to the to our interview with uh, Matadi here, but a couple of transfer stories. Uh, reportedly interest from Championship Club Blackpool for Andy Lyons. Yeah. Uh, if he was to go shortly after Danny Mandryu, now that would be a massive blow. Bit of a kick, yeah. A bit of a kick in the nuts, to be honest. Now, I know I'd... we were kind of playing down the Danny thing last week, but that's because we have an embarrassment of riches in the middle. I see, I see Lyons going a lot higher than that. Some reason, I see him getting a lot more interest than Danny would have as well. So I don't. Mm. I think he's just a better player overall. Well, that stand out as well. I mean, his goals from his position. Do you think English clubs would take note of that? One hundred percent. That's that's ultimately, I'd say, why they're having a look to look at his goal scoring wing back. You know, mm. um, and another weird one. Not not a current Rovers player, but a former one. Uh, Aaron McAniff linked with Perth Glory. Apparently, he's in talks with them in Australia. That's a strange one. Um, I know there's a few quid over there, but is that a step? It's a step down. It's a good lifestyle and that, but it's not looking good for my hearts. be a bizarre career trajectory from Derry to Rovers to Hearts to Perk Laurie in the space of three years. Yeah, I know. Hopefully we can take him back on loan. It's something we could do in the middle of the park, but actually. Um, a thousand Bose fans supposedly went to Germany for a friendly all the way to Berlin. To get your head kicked in. <laughs> oh, was your one to get your flag stolen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Football. A thousand of them. Yeah. Football fans. Yeah. <laughs> As- aside from the, the batterings and the flag stealing, and they nearly lost a human man as well. Yeah, you, an actual human man. Yeah, yeah. turned up. But there was this article in the end, though, leading up to the friendly. I think it was on the, released on the day of the friendly. Uh, 
called Three Years in the Making and it's, it talks about all the mm. how this relationship was formed and the between uh, Lambert and their CEO whoever it is so here's what and it is it's two blokes <laughs> one's involved with one club one's involved with another and they decided we're going to be friends and then you have fans who are like probably might not disagree with the policies that this guy has and they're like yeah oh yeah by the way you're friends with this club in Ireland now so when they have fans come over you be nice to them they went and just kicked their heads in <laughs> but it was it was quite I don't know how the evening but you have to just read the article yourself from start to finish we don't it's, condone getting your head kicked in by the way we're just yeah, merely uh, flies on the wall here it's mere shooting fraud <laughs> yeah shooting but, uh, fraud it's, it's quite the read this article if you just go check it out just the way they present this whole game and my favourite sentence in the whole thing you just get uh, Keith Long going it will be better if we were in a proper European competition love it so prof up next we have uh, the main man Metody Shumanov Um, very 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 knowledgeable and interested in what you had to say and what yeah, he wanted to get this point across he wanted to get a lot of info across so we'll talk about that now so we're joined now by uh, Metody Shumanov a Bulgarian football writer uh, you may recognise him from an article he wrote it was put up on our Twitter there recently uh, called The Champions from the Crazy Forest who have ruled Bulgarian football for the past decade but that was in 2020 he's since gone up to 11 in a row now um, so I suppose can you give us the short version the background on how this run began of 11 straight uh, league titles in Bulgaria. Uh, hi, Carol. Greetings from Bulgaria. First of all, uh, I'm flattered to be on on your show. <laughs> so, uh, regarding Kludogorets, uh, yeah, as you just mentioned, uh, they are from an area in the northern part of Bulgaria, uh, which literally translates and means uh, a crazy forest. Um, so, the name of the club uh, means crazy forest. And Ludogorets, up until 2010, uh, they hadn't been on the footballing map in Bulgaria. But then uh, one rich guy, one businessman, local businessman, uh, decided to put them on the map. Uh, He decided to invest um, in this local club. Part of the reason was that uh, some of his business, uh, some some of his factories, pharmaceutical factories are based there uh, in the town of Razgrad. Uh, which has a population of uh, a bit over 30,000 people. Uh, so it's not a, not a big place, as you can imagine. And uh, that club uh, got promoted to the Bulgarian top flight <laughs> and uh, has won the Bulgarian league title uh, ever since. Uh, so uh, Ludogorets uh, have uh, won it 11 straight times, uh, which is a record here in Bulgaria. <clears throat> and uh, they are aiming for their 12th in a row. Um, they are by far the richest club in Bulgaria. Um, their annual budget uh, currently, I would say, is around 20 million euros. And um, initially, um, they were backed by those financial muscles of, of the businessman I just uh, told you about. But uh, then when they first entered the 
Champions League group stages. They managed to, to reach them for the second time. Uh, they often reach the Europa League group stages. Uh, so from all those European participations and campaigns, uh, they've managed to, um, to build a more sustainable financial model and system. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of prize money from UEFA over the last uh, decade. And uh, that helped them become a uh, force to, to be reckoned with and um, uh, the dominant force in Bulgarian football. And they've also, of course, taken full advantage of uh, the decline of the traditional powerhouses from Capital Sofia, Levski and CSKA. Uh, so Lulugorets uh, have, have become the number one force in Bulgaria. So a lot of it is obviously down to this massive investment by the owner. So uh, out of curiosity, uh, how did he make his fortune, the owner of uh, Ludogorets? Well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, he has um, invested in, in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, I, I think he has um, shares in the Navy um, and uh, I think Think some of some of his companies are dealing with uh, logistics and uh, transportation. Uh, so curiously, uh, he's a fan of uh, CSKA, and he was <laughs> part of the CSKA board uh, up until 2010. <clears throat> and there were some rumors that he was interested in acquiring and buying the majority of shares um, at CSKA, um, but um, the deal. Uh, fell and uh, collapsed uh, and he decided to to direct his investment uh, into that uh, small local club instead um, because he, he decided to basically to build it uh, from scratch and you can think of Ludogorets uh, as a yeah, as a, a smaller version I would say uh, of uh, Shakhtar Donetsk uh the ukrainian club um so uh initially they they signed a lot of uh, foreign players mostly brazilians some of them got uh, bulgarian citizenship uh, became bulgarian internationals um so they they've got a lot of foreigners and uh, yeah uh, mostly thanks to to this uh, financial support from, from the guy, his name is uh, Kirill Domuschiev. Um, they they managed to to become what they are today. You mentioned there, there's a lot of international flair in that squad. But what about their most dangerous players? Who would you pick out as the ones to watch? Mm, the ones to watch uh, for sure, uh, Kirill Despotov. Uh, he's a Bulgarian international. Um, he's uh, very good uh, at set pieces, um, especially executing free kicks. Uh, last season, he scored against uh, Olympiacos in the Champions League qualifiers. So he's one of the guys to definitely keep an eye on. Um, another another guy is the striker uh, Sotirio uh, from Cyprus. Um, there are some reports uh, that uh, Ghanaian winger uh, Bernard Tekpate, uh, who used to play for Schalke uh, 04 in Germany, uh, he might be on the move to Portuguese side Braga. And so if Ludogorets uh, part ways with uh, Tekpate, uh, it will be uh, yeah, uh, 
significant loss um, to their uh, firepower up front. And the manager, I've been dreading this one, uh, Simunja, uh, he took over in January, um, spent most of his managerial career in his native Slovenia. Uh, so what's his style in terms of formation and how does he like to play? Well, uh, Simunja is um, yeah, another foreign uh, manager because um, uh, I have to point out that um, for most of the titles, uh, Ludogorets have, have won uh, those leagues with uh, Bulgarian managers in charge and they, they've tried a few foreigners before, but uh, it didn't work out. Uh, so uh, now, yeah, he uh, obviously he won the title. Uh, he's uh, trying to, uh, yeah, to, to play attacking football now because um, the title here in Bulgaria uh, is a must. Uh, and what counts is uh, the European campaign. Um, so the um, target um, in front of him is uh, reaching the group stages. Um, last season, Ludogorets uh, reached the playoffs um, after knocking out Olympiakos, uh, which was a uh, yeah, great success for them. And they were considered underdogs. Uh, under a different manager, it has to be said. Um, so now uh, his uh, main main aim and target is to to reach the Champions League uh, group stage, which would be uh, their third participation uh, in the main stage. Yeah. So they got past the uh, the Montenegrin team in the first round. I think they're beginning their uh, league campaign tomorrow. Is it? So how are they? How has their preseason gone, and how are they setting up? How are they looking at the moment? Uh, the thing is, uh, with uh, with those early games in in July, um, that the the players are picking up and uh, looking for their best uh, shape, of course. Uh, so they, yeah, they they've played um, a few friendlies. Uh, they they've prepared for. Uh, for for the league, but they are known for uh, starting their league campaign a bit a bit slower. Uh, in some of the seasons, um, they got um, surprise defeats uh, in their openers. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise if they if they start a bit slowly, um, but they uh, yeah they pick up speed um, and. Um, until October and November, they find their best form. Mm, and for example, last season, uh, they finished um, at the top of the table and they, they held a record point advantage over uh, second place CSKA. Uh, so they they didn't have a proper, proper title race um, to be involved in. And uh, this year, of course, depending on the, on the competitors, uh, they might be a bit more challenged, uh, but they remain the the strong favorites for another title. And looking at their stadium, it's a ten thousand four hundred seater stadium, similar to Shamrock Rovers ground in Tala. When it expands next year up to ten thousand, and uh, what sort of crowds do uh, Ludogorets typically get? Uh, it's uh, mostly local fans, <clears throat> families. Um, no, uh, no ultras uh, like the. Uh, the teams, the the big guns from from Sofia, uh, because uh, yeah, if you're 
uh, if you're looking for more relaxed uh, <laughs> crowd atmosphere, uh, you will find it uh, at, at Ludogorets. Um, recently, uh, the national team of Bulgaria played uh, the, na the Nations League games there in Razgrad uh, at the stadium of Ludogorets. Mm, and of course, uh, those games uh, attracted crowds from from uh, all around Bulgaria, um, especially from the northern part, because uh, this town uh, of Razgrad, as I just mentioned, is uh, is uh, based in in the northern part of the country. Mm, but uh, as far as Lodogorets are concerned, uh, their their fans uh, are mostly from the town and around the area nearby um, so they are um, attending um, the the games uh, even the, the league games you mentioned uh, the capacity of the of the venue is not that impressive uh, most of the league games are not uh, sold out for sure uh, but um, yeah when it comes to playing in Europe um, they they tend to attract bigger crowds yeah, Rovers had about 400 fans in, in Malta there recently. Well, not as many will travel to Bulgaria, but uh, in the town of Razgrad, uh, as you said, it's a population of, of 30,000. 30, what can Rovers fans expect when they go over there? What sort of town can they, can they, will they find? Well, uh, those of them uh, who make their way uh, to, to Bulgaria, because I, I've recently read that um, even the, the team of Shamrock, uh, they have some troubles uh, flying to Bulgaria or finding yeah, a yeah. charter flight, uh, which is a, a big topic uh, yeah, in the UK and Ireland, I guess. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a really small, small place. Uh, there are two hotels, I think. So um, it's... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really small place, uh, even for the standards of, of Bulgaria. Uh, not that many places to <laughs> to go to. Um, there is a, uh, an airport, which is not that uh, far away, but I'm not sure uh, where the uh, team and the fans of Shamrock uh, will land. Uh, might be in the city of Varna, uh, which is uh, Black Sea city. And they might travel by bus, maybe, or could be in capital Sofia, uh, which is uh, a bit further to Razgrad compared to, to Varna. Uh, but anyway, uh, in Razgrad, uh, there are not that many things to <laughs> to do <laughs> and to uh, yeah to to enjoy. So uh, basically, the the game is the the big thing to look forward to when visiting Razgrad. <laughs> Um, and uh, what about the Ludogorets fans and reaction in the media? Has anyone ever heard of Shamrock Rovers? And has the reaction been that you, did they expect it to be straightforward to get past Rovers? Well, uh, I think uh, because um, based on, on their uh, recent European success, uh, Ludogorets expect to go through, especially within the club. The expectations are, are big. Uh, because um, if they uh, get knocked out by, by Shamrock, uh, it will be considered a, a disappointment. And uh, the Slovenian manager we just talked about, Shimunja, um, maybe he wouldn't uh, last in the job uh, much longer uh, because his, uh, his future basically depends on, um, on the results in Europe. 
uh, and with with the Champions League being the main target, um, okay, uh, he could uh, uh, then reach the group stage of uh, some of the other European tournaments. Uh, but uh, the Champions League is the the cherry on top of the cake. So um, at the club and and the fans uh, in, in particular. Uh, they they all expect to to go through and maybe a similar run to last year's campaign uh, when they reach the the playoffs. Um, that would be uh, like a, a relatively good achievement for them um, because I I don't think they they expect to to leave the tournament that early. And could you offer any hope to uh, Robbers fans? Is there any weaknesses that we could potentially exploit in this team? Any chink in the armor? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, as I just mentioned, uh, in um, it, it's still uh, July, and uh, the season is um, at a very early stage. Um, so uh, the Warriors they're still finding their playing rhythm um, and. Um, Right after uh, some of their most successful campaigns in in Europe, um, <clears throat> they had some proper uh, disappointments. Um, they got knocked out uh, by by some minnows in the past um, in in the Champions League qualifiers uh, as well. So uh, I I would say that um, this uh, lack of uh, of rhythm uh, and playing minutes might be the best thing to to take advantage of yeah in terms of uh Rawer's approach in the first leg uh Rawer's will probably try and keep the tie alive as best they can Ludogrets will look to take a, a big lead back to Dublin how do you see it going let's say in the first leg first of all uh, I I think Ludogorets will win at home um just like they did in the first qualifying round against Sutieska and uh, I believe it's important for yeah, for them to keep a clean sheet uh, even though the away goals uh, don't count <laughs> they don't have the same weight uh, as they used to um, but still um, another uh, victory to, to Neil would be uh, a good achievement uh, for them um, so I, I think they will aim for two new let's say uh, because uh, this will give them uh, the the upper hand and will make them a bit calmer um, ahead of the second leg in Ireland. Robbers have faced some uh, very hot temperatures in Europe mm. in recent times it was nearly 30 degrees in Malta we played in uh, high temperatures in uh, Slovakia and Albania last year what sort of heat can we expect in Bulgaria on Tuesday? Yeah, that's the thing that um, the week of, of the match uh, taking place in Bulgaria uh, will be very hot. Um, so it will be um, around 33, 35 degrees um, and it will be hot for sure. Um, the yeah, the forecast um, is uh, for, for a very sunny and warm weather uh, throughout the, the entire week, basically. So I, I think um, it will be a bit difficult for, for both teams uh, because, of course, uh, Ludogorets, uh, I'm sure they would prefer to, to play uh, in a bit cooler conditions as well. 
Have you any idea how many people might, or how many Ludogorets fans might travel to uh, Dublin in the second leg? Uh, I think um, no more than, say, 50 or 100. Um, maybe some of them will will travel um, alongside the team. Yeah, it, uh, it depends on how difficult it will be for them to, to reach Dublin. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the away crowd, um, it's, it's not that big for sure. So I, I don't expect them to that many to, to make their way to, to Dublin. And my last question, this is something that caught my eye. Uh, their mascot is an eagle. Uh, can you tell me about their mascot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, because first of all, we have to mention that, um, their nickname, uh, is, uh, the Eagles. Um, and, Oh, like 10 years ago, they played Lazio in Europe. Um, and uh, as you might know, the mascot of Lazio is the Eagle Olympia. So they got inspired by uh, by Lazio's mascot. And I, I think maybe some of the Lazio officials um, uh, got another eagle as a present for Ludogorets. Or so the story goes. And uh, Ludogorets accepted it. Um, and this is the Eagle Fortuna, named after the goddess of luck. Uh, so um, before home games, um, Fortuna is uh, flying over the stadium uh, in Razgrad, uh, and all fans and players hope that uh, Fortuna will bring them some good luck like, in the game. <laughs> Robbers fans might see an Eagle before the game, choose it. <laughs> yeah, they might. They might. That's it, Matoli. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, very informative. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. So uh, I love the way he, he had like he had like an answer for everything straight off the bat. Like their top players, where the money came from, how many fans they're gonna bring. Rex only gonna bring about a hundred fans. Yeah. The my best interviews with these. Uh, experts tend to be the ones who I have five questions lined up and they answer all five of them before I even get to them that's I love that um you were drawn to the fact that it what was a 20 million euro budget oh I couldn't believe it that's an estimate now I think I that article that he wrote two years ago I think it said between 10 and 15 so maybe it's still though it's, a it's lot bumped of up to 20 but they've never actually revealed their annual budget this club it's a bit secretive very very dodgy goings on there but, Farm, uh, when I hear pharmaceuticals when I hear big pharma I just think yeah that's dodgy yeah there was a, I don't know if you saw there was a YouTube video thrown in the chat there earlier called uh, the world's most hated champions I didn't get a chance to watch it how long was it and was it good it's about 15 minutes Um, it's yeah it's very informative it gives you kind of the landscape of Bulgarian politics and Bulgarian football so it's not just about this club so uh, uh, yeah, I encourage you to check that out. It talks about he basically calls the league corrupt. He calls it a basket case of a league, complete and utter dominance. And the interesting part is the crowds have dwindled. The more dominant they are. So a few years ago they had four thousand. Now they average one point six thousand. Um, one point six. Yeah, the six, champs. The champs. Uh, just because you need competition it gets boring especially if I don't know what the perception is in Bulgaria but 
If if oh, if, no, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think that you necessarily need competition. Eleven in a row, though. But where's CSKA Sofia fucking? Well, as they pointed out, their implosion has helped. Uh, it has to be an implosion. Like those are yeah. big clubs, you know. Um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll preview that game a bit later on, but that was uh, that was Matoddy. Yes, yeah, so on the Malta and the board draw, some Hoopers arrived early on the Saturday, so they were checking out the pubs and the the landscape of the place and just getting us the sus. And uh, Philly went a bit viral straight off, didn't he? He said, uh, Philly Maguire, highlight of the trip already. All of us are holding up our phones with Champions League logo on our phones on the way to the gate as the Bowes fans are at the other side of the glass walkway coming home from their friendly. Coming home from their friendly. I know it's Johnny Ward kind of nominating that for it didn't happen of the year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did he? Yeah. He's half right. There were no Champions League logos. It was just crests. But uh, it did happen. We can confirm it did happen. And poor Philly getting abused over the eyebrows again, Gar. Uh, Rob Lavelle saying, asking him, did you have two seats in the plane, one for you and one for your eyebrows? That's They're striking eyebrows. <laughs> they're, that's, that's an attribute you'd want to have, man. Fine set of eyebrows. And then we had the unusual news of the Hibs manager resigned after the first leg. Yeah, he took up to an academy role at Lazio. They had a big gushing response and uh, departure message for him. So. so the fellow who was on the touchline in Tala, because that manager was suspended, if you recall, that guy took over. But that's very strange. I think this happened to Sligo once years ago. I think they were the playing Norwegian team and their manager left midway through the tie, but it's very strange. Mm. But I suppose, did he take the job because he thought the tie was dead? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But talks must have been there beforehand. Can't, uh, obviously, these don't. Yeah. These things don't just happen in a day or two. Yeah. No. So yeah, our Shannon taxi prof. We left from Temple Oak and we went to Shannon. There was wine. There was prosecco. We stopped off at Barack Obama Plaza. Yeah, the statues and all. So the War Criminal Plaza. <laughs> um, yeah, you were on the red wine gear, wearing yes. your uh, sheep jumper. Which now polar bear. Uh, Mick McCarthy gave you stick about for I think three hours Polar Bear uh, right? I was, was thinking to myself I, right, I'm going to the sun <clears throat> I was those Adidas fleeces so I said I'm going to, I always get freezing up in the air I said I'm going to need it on the way back you weren't saying that when it was, when it was freezing on the plane were you now it took you, you were, it took you four days to be proved right you were looking it was the long game you were looking at that fleece I'd seen you giving me the side eyes thinking <laughs> I wish I had that fleece uh, how did I describe you? You were you were wearing all white, beige, or white and beige. I said you looked like you were in Roger Federer's entourage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Shannon Airports. Uh, the players went through Shannon's well, but they flew a few hours before us, so we didn't actually see them. Uh, so we were in that taxi of eleven. You had Mick McCarthy. You had some of the Wilson Cleary clan. You had you had uh, Maui and his dad. Uh, Maui's in the hotline later on, actually. Yeah, we a good crew. And um, Ray, oh. Ray Wilson's sons, or one of his sons, n- not in the taxi with us, but just while we're on the topic. Uh, I think you remember from him from Bergen, don't you? Yeah, that's the one we discovered. That's the, the one. The, the portal. That's way. the one, yeah. Uh, he, he somehow sounded even more Australian than Aussie Nate at one point, because he was, I was talking to him the day before the game, and he was going, oh, I'd love an early goal, so I can just go right. Now you've got to score five of the fuckers. 
<laughs> Five and a fuckers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so Shannon Airport, Gar. Oh my god, how seamless was security? Honestly, we got through. Well, what's the four? You were still, you were getting through security. When what what was the first thing you saw when you got through? Mm. I, I looked over. I was in the queue. Yeah, you'd got through, and I had a point in hand already. <laughs> I already I was, I took do you know how long it took me to get a point a minute honestly sure it, you could see the bar from the start yeah. of the no passport the screens no passport where's your boarding pass right in boom duty free 20 second walk into the bar I had a point in hand a minute in absolutely no messing with bags or uh, gels or creams or how? laptops it's just like just put everything in your bag just put <laughs> a shoe in it didn't even ask for a passport we were like the only 11 people in the room at one stage we're going to Malta <laughs> didn't ask for a passport because I, I actually have flown from Dublin airports recently and uh, you've seen you've seen the news or if, if you've flown yourself it's absolutely horrible possibly very Kiosk. very worth going to Shannon to fly and coming back to Dublin possibly very worth it uh, yeah, what else we got? Uh, Kieran, Kieran McDermott, uh, Ross Common Hoops. Remember, I, I, yes, I yeah. predicted he would take that route because he lives in Galway, and uh, yeah, he was in there as well. Um, amazingly, our flight was full. Bar, well, we had one seat. Well, virtually full. One seat, spare, but it was yeah. Nearly all of them were from from uh, from Kerry. They were going to a wedding, and of course, the place was packed with. GAA jerseys of course yeah yeah when the the result came in there was a big cheer up I didn't, oh yeah I, last minute or something wasn't it I didn't even know what the hell they were talking about but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were just like yo keep your what's, GAA to what's, yourselves what's going on um, Shannon Airport interviewed Bradzer for some reason and you could just tell by his phrase like Shannon expression. Airport personified like was it it's structure like, did whoa. they just like have a reporter out there in case this happens or, or what you just like take him out of the closet and he's there with the microphone. But you could tell Bradger's expression, he found it quite funny. Yeah. So the um, Sunday night, bruv. Yeah. So we got in about 11 pm, was it? I'm just trying to think back. So we got out of the taxi. Cat- I, was, I was having the chats with the taxi man about 94 Nigerian football teams and who's going to dominate the Nigerian yeah. Premier League. F. Anakoku. F. Anakoku. Who do we talk about? We're talking about his fellow news football, in fairness. We're talking about fucking Julius Agahawa, fucking Daniel Amakachi, JJ Kocha, just going into the rabbit hole of Nigerian teams. So this stage we were already full of red <clears> wine <throat> in Guinness. Full of it. And full of it. Full of soup, anticipating a night out, you know. This place doesn't even come alive really until 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, so yeah. we weren't actually late. We were kind of arriving at a good time. Perfect time, yeah. Everybody had been mm. kind of drinking all day anyway and then it just kind of kicks off. Mick McCarthy... He uh, he was kind of staying at the far side of the island, so he wasn't with us. Um, he's also on the hotline, so you'll hear from him about his where he was staying. Uh, he's obsessed with with the yizer, by the way. Now he, <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't yeah, stop yeah, laughing at yeah. the yizer. Um, so the Sunday night itself, uh, we were kind of. I I tried the beer, sh- I think straight away. It's called chisk. I like the chisk. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Although I will say, uh, went in and people are kind of floating around and they're just having a drink or whatever. Like the bar, the bar service man. The, oh, what I was, what were we calling it? Captain, Captain Morgan spiced none, because there's no alcohol in it. There's nothing in it. It was clear, like spiced rum is orange, like gold. 
It should uh, it's clearly it's, it's majorly watered down all the stuff. Like even the last day before it flew. If I had that much beer and cocktails in a short space of time, in you Dublin, should have been on your back. I would have been falling around the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But saying but, that was a good night, like it was good crack. Everyone was in good form, sing song. Everybody kind of mm. filtering in. Well, only says nothing says a euro away more than sixty robbers fans bouncing around to "I will survive." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, the Sunday night. Um. Like we said, the chist was two fifty. Uh, decent beer. No, I don't really drink beer anymore. But I, was, I, I thought, I thought nice it was beer. decent. Nice beer. Nice beer. Um. Yeah. Apparently, Gaffney's cousins were there. So Stafford's cousin was delighted because he's no longer the only cousin. Uh, did you meet his cousins? No, no, no. I think Riley Sauls, that he was he was talking about as well. All those <laughs> things enders are all just related. Related. Um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Pop. I didn't meet many people on this trip. To be honest. So describe this little spot. It's like a. So it's like a crossroads of madness. I lo- yeah yes exactly, and then you have the building. Beside it, which was, I think it was the quote, was the funniest thing ever. Nolly <laughs> turns around to me and he goes, I, I, I looked up at it and I was like, look at that building. It's fucking strange, isn't it? Because it goes up, it's perfect, then it's got like... It's like they forgot to... They forgot to build in the, build middle, in of the middle of it. Yeah, and then, and then they, they come up again, again. Yeah. And then Nolly goes, look, like the Avengers had to have a scrap in it. <laughs> and no, it wasn't scrap. It knock, knock. looked like the Avengers had to have a knock in it. And I was like, <laughs> I swear, I fell around laughing. And it was perfect. It's the best description no, ever. The word knock actually makes that, makes that comment like 10 times funnier. Uh, Avengers yeah. having the knock. And so you're, yeah. you go to Crossroads. We're, we're literally a two minute walk away from where our hotel was. So you walk up and you have like a Crossroads, Long Hall on the right. And you have all clubs and stuff around it. And then it's on a, I love a, <coughs> I love a pub on a corner so I was happy enough mm. with that but it's got big outdoor area that goes in the kind of a V shape accommodated everybody really so mm. very happy the Sunday night was extremely lively the Monday was a bit quieter and then suddenly the Tuesday night was very lively again although it was it was post match so that probably that probably contributed to yeah, it but yeah, um, yeah. yeah like it was just there's so much going on in that street nightclubs <laughs> gentlemen's clubs yeah just, just mayhem a lot of madness um, of course people were arriving on different days so when we arrived at 11 that kind of lifts the the mood because that's, that's a dozen or so people arriving um, same for the Monday night I remember being out the long haul and you're kind of you're waiting for the likes of Carol Kearns and Craig Mahan and, and Naldi and all that group arrived that gives the group a lift yeah. and then the place is bouncing so People were kind of filtering in at different times, different days. Um, there was a post in the chat by Gareth Bond. He was getting a flight from midnight from Spain. Right. This the midnight before the game, before right, the day right, of the game. Right, right, right. And it got delayed two and a half hours. So if you've been reading the news lately about flights in Spain, why they've been cancelled... It's got to do with strikes with the Ryanair air crew. Right. So he must have been sweating. Oh, man. But uh, thankfully it wasn't cancelled and you made it. Uh, some of the lads I just mentioned there ran into Ricky Hatton in the airport. I saw that, yeah. And they didn't do the fist pose. Not I couldn't one, believe it. Not one fist. Not one fist. If ever there was a chance to do the fist the fist pose. I think, oh, it, led into, I think it led into the nightclub club M, I think it was. 
Yeah, so Prof, the Monday. Um, How are you feeling by the Monday, girl? I was late one. So we decided to go and gamble in the casino and ended up... Who's we now? Oh, Don't rob me. Can't be naming names. Can't be naming <laughs> names. It was, a, it was a long night. So we ended up in the casino drinking cocktails and betting on roulette with Asian tourists and Serbian bodyguards. And that wasn't enough. So we went down to the pool for a dip, a few points at Chisk again. And the day just kept going. And do you know, at one stage, right, you know, I went inside, right? And I went into the room says right I'll go in here I think I got changed and when I came back out I was so astonished it was still the same day <laughs> I couldn't believe it I don't know why I just thought I'll go back in in here now and now oh all of a sudden it's going to be a new day it's not it was like if it was only half an hour later I, time did not matter time and space didn't matter <laughs> but you paid for this in the end yeah and it was great it was great <laughs> and then we ended up uh, just at the pool all day and mm. I think someone threw one of the lads in and fully clothed and just sitting around the pool taking the piss and yeah, having, having the crack you'll hear that one on the hotline as well it didn't feel like we were here for a game until about 4 o'clock on Tuesday I just felt like I was here for someone's stags that was that was my issue God. and a football match broke out yeah football match a sporadic match broke up the hotel itself was class I walked in and I was like, "This isn't, this isn't right." It's this too is, nice for like, Robertson. Too nice. It's porcelain tiles. It's white. It's, the decor is nice. It's air conditioned. You go into the room. It's big. It's spacious. There's rooms. There's a nice balcony. Just thinking, mm, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, very nice hotel or a kip, depending on who you ask. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Um, on the Monday we were kind of hearing news that, um, well, it was Brazzers team team news that. Jack and Berkey travelled. Not only did they travel, but they were expected to be involved. Yep. We doubted they would start, and they didn't. It turned out to be the same 11 again. But uh, Defo won the highlights of this trip. Uh, Riley Sol singing uh, <laughs> Davy Kell's chant, Rovers! Because yeah. he did it on, I think he did it on the Monday night and the Tuesday night, and I think during the game as well. Uh it's a little faster and it's not as repetitive, but Davey, you are replaced. Yeah, officially, officially replaced. Um, so yeah, the Tuesday it was a uh, it was a good night, and I think I lasted till about I was gone by about one, and then everybody went to the nightclub again, and then the match day build up began, prof. So match day build up. Well, just building the heat there. Uh, oh God, let's not gloss over this. This I've been trying to explain to people at work. I've been like, oh, it was so warm. And one guy was like, well, yes, the continent is warm. I'm like, no, 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 no. You no. don't get it. This was like an inferno. A fucking inferno. So I was sitting there beside the bar at one stage and I was just getting comfortable. And I was like, oh, there's someone at my shoulders, you know. And I'm sitting there, I'm listening and I can hear you like. I'm like, I'm supposed to be with the local crickets or it's me fucking skin sizzling. Like, you need some cream. I mean, get out of that sun, into the cream. And as that was happening, apparently creatures were biting you. I got mauled, eaten, fucking alive. Look at look. I'm showing the prof now. Lumps and fucking bumps everywhere. I was mauled in my sleep or at some stage, and not by. But we were sleeping in the same room, so how was I not mauled? I don't know. I really don't. Absolutely mauled. So this heat was insufferable. Like you couldn't do anything in it. Like you just, I just walked to the shop, 
And I'd be knackered after it. Yeah, we stayed hydrated. Like stepping out of an oven. Yeah, Hydrated and wet in the pool. That was the best way to deal with it. And I think one of the funnier times as well, we were we were jumping in the pool and it was like, it's salty. And we think someone was going to go down and say to them, what's the story with the saltwater pool? Is it supposed to be like that? They're like, no, no, no saltwater pool here. <laughs> just, just a regular pool. <laughs> we made it salty. Yeah. Um, so he actually it wasn't it wasn't as warm the temperatures weren't as high as feared and <laughs> well it was warm man there was rumoured to be some sort of nice breeze I don't recall any nice breeze mm. I just remember suffering but uh, on, at kickoff time I think it was around 29 and thankfully the sun was going down by then but um, so the sort of match day build up on the Tuesday like I said didn't feel like a game at all until four or five o'clock, when about seventy different people came up to me and asked me, "Where is the bus and what time is it leaving?" <laughs> because you and Gary Brennan were organising the can, so it was it was left up to me to answer all these questions. Uh, the flag with uh, your man Rats from the Flats on it mm. was hanging up on the on the long hall. Best flag ever. Yeah. Uh, what, like, what were you up to on uh, kind of building up to the, the game? The build up, me, Nate, and Gar went for a point just to kind of um, make sure that we, we we actually knew, everybody knew where it was. So we took different positions and three different points. So one at the hotel, one, I think. See, the thing was, what happened was they let us, the Maltese booze wagon let us into a gorge and they dropped 300 cans and six packs there, right? So Gar was guarding the, the six packs. I was up. Having a can waiting on the buses, Aussie names waiting on the people at the hotel. So we, we were we were told we couldn't drink these in the bus. Yeah. So well, the idea was to drink them before the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was okay. Like, everyone was drinking on the bus. It wasn't yeah. an issue. But the problem was they wouldn't drive down about two hundred meters, maybe two fifty meters, to where the cans were. So that means me and another <laughs> couple of hoops had to bring three hundred cans up in forty degree heat. There's a lot of cans up to the buses. So I'm running. And there's like people stopping going, hey, what team is this? I'm like, Shark Brothers. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, I can't talk. I got cans. And we were giving them out at one stage. I would say you just bribed them with cans so you stopped talking to you. Yeah, we gave a couple of them cans and they were looking at us like we ten heads as if they were like, oh, strange man is giving us cans. <laughs> I don't know why they were French, by the way. But they were like, no, and they were like, not really, really, really of taking cans off. I was like, lads, not, it's not that bad. Take a few, a few cans. Like, you spoke about the service in the long haul. Um, it was like it was slow and you know all that. But I thought it was amazing. Maloney told me this that he went up on the on the Tuesday, the day of the game, at half one. Because uh, like myself, he uh, he struggled in the heat. <laughs> like he said, I couldn't function in that heat. Yeah. So he goes up to the the pub, and I think there's only one bartender. On duty, um, he goes to him. You know, there's hundreds of Roberts fans gonna be here in a couple of hours, and he goes, "Huh, really?" I told him. Are you for real? I told them all. They knew. I fucking knew. Why? I was texting the owner. Why aren't they preparing for this? And why aren't they embracing this? No, they because, just seem because sh- you know why? Do you know why? Will I tell you why? Because that bar gets business no matter what. Because of its location, because of where yeah. it is, that gets business no matter what. I don't give a fuck. That's why they wore down drinks. No, I, I, was in, I was in that beer garden. Now, that crowd would have treated us differently, but the problem was it was too small. 
What's wrong it, it was a, it was a very nice spot. We go downstairs, and uh, that was a lovely spot. But it would not have accommodated uh, three, four hundred of us. No. But um, <clears throat> one toilet as well. Yeah. Um. So, so that was that was kind of the build of the game. Uh, people were gathering around the long hall. Uh, we were kind of waiting for the buses, and yeah, the can the buses and the cans were very well received. Like a lot of people came up to us and said it was afterwards. Like uh, it's all Gar Brennan's brain trauma yeah, as well. Credit, like, credit to Gar Brennan. Big big shout out to Gar, genius, brilliant, brilliantly done. Um, three buses uh, in total ran to the game. One of them, uh, I jumped on the first one. I think you were on the first one as well. No, I was on the or, last one. Like, oh, because you were busy with the cans. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. There was one uh, Stavros cousin was on it, and the text came in, and it was amazing. He just goes, "This fella just tried to drop us off at the water polo stadium, <laughs> engine off and all." Hey, that, do you know what? That would have been good crack because apparently uh, Ryan McDyer, coefficient head case, he went to that game the night before, and um. Yeah, so that's the thing. They were getting dumped out of the water polo stadium, which I do want to experience. Uh, I was beside Tommy Fields on the bus. He says he's loving the music. Remember, he had a go to us over the music, all being the new Tump Tump stuff. Tump Tump stuff. And I said, no, we're all we do is play all these. But he held his hands up. He said, yeah, he's there playing all these. Except for Weezer last week. That was, wasn't really an oldie. Yeah. So, the stadium itself. Get to the stadium, um, right? You know what? We actually... I never ever thought I'd say we actually bought too many cans. There was three hundred cans, and we actually we actually bought too many because it's such <laughs> too too small of a duration. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like there were three hundred cans, three buses, in half an hour. You know, we we did set a big task for ourselves. I we just piled them up outside the ground and we were just giving them away. I think some people weren't aware that we were providing cans because I know some people bought. There was there was a little shop around the corner. People kind of stocked up on their chisk and yeah. bought a few bottles and stuff. Um, the ground itself, um, did we say this? Um, oh no, it was people were saying the day. Had a bit of a UCD away feel to it. Um, a DJ with the one stand. And with that, the yeah. one stand and all that. Um, outside the ground, I was standing with James Lowe and I think it was uh, Maui and someone else. And a couple of English guys come up to us. Were they begging for money? Yes. Yeah, we gave them... I think Nate gave them a fiver. Nate, they needed seven euro. They're like, we're going to a game and we need seven euro. I felt like they were videoing us. I felt like it was a, there was a, a vlogger, a YouTuber, yeah, videoing us. And he's like, we're, we're good. we need seven euro. I swear, we love the shamrocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just and wanted a euro on us. They were jumping around talking about the shamrocks now. We gave him a couple of beers as well. He said, but they'll, 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 they'll don't forget that, you know what I mean? He said they had the... Had fifteen to start, but they needed thirty. Whatever to get they the, came to us with twenty three, and they needed yeah. seven. Yeah. Well, they got in the end, and then as we were coming up to the turnstile, they had kind of they had reached our target, and they were they went by us. So like, yeah, shamrocks. Yeah. Can bounced off his head. <laughs> Who are you calling shamrocks? Yeah. So the team came in. Uh, same eleven <clears> again. <throat> what did you think of that? I thought. Um. I, th- I thought. I did. I was surprised to be honest. Time we made changes. Um. I never expected Finn to start. No, not a chance. No, I didn't. Um, the game itself, I suppose, with the the league games being called off, it does give him that recovery time. Yeah, is massive. Yeah, true. 
True, but acclimatisation and the whole lot as well. But mm. it wasn't actually, it was cool enough. Just the thought, fact that it was lovely. Up. It was lovely out. It wasn't roasting. Mm. It wasn't absolutely boiling in the game. So it was a nice temperature. The players, it was a bit of a breeze. We, thought they got, we got away with that, in fairness. So looking around in the stadium, uh, the old expression is same faces, different places. Oh, it's class. Not so much this time. A lot of new people. A lot of new people travelled. Uh, it was a Nadia Bryan saying his flight, he came over on the Monday night and he said it was 50 Hoopers and he said he didn't know most of them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of looking around in my kind of section, um, didn't recognise a lot of people. Got a few people on this hotline actually, it was their first trip and uh, maybe it's just, you know, it's been three years since we've got to have, got to go away. It's Malta, it's very rare that we get a, a, a place like this in yeah, the draw. Yeah. People looked at it and said, you know what, this will be my first trip. We had some of the Tala Youth, a few Tala Youth lads there. They were they probably only 18, 19. And they were probably locked in during COVID as well. Never got to one. So a lot of young Tala lads going now as well. So it's starting to come full circle. So it's looking good. And um, first half as well, nothing happened. Move on. Well, no, something did happen here. The airplane. A miniature fighter jet. <laughs> So this this, this, happened, great, this went on for a good 10-15 minutes and nobody was watching the game. We were just all fixated on this plane yeah. that was just going back and forth doing loop-de-loops yeah. up and down just having the time of his life. Yeah, it was great, Greg. And then you'd have a <laughs> motocross uh, place in behind. You didn't even notice this, did you? Oh. So every so often you'd just see like a fella in a scrambler decked out in the whole gear go up and go... Whoop! Do a little trick over a mound on his bike, and all you just hear flying around. I was with uh, James Lowe and Dan Fulham, and Dan just goes, "Seen a lot of things at football games. <laughs> I've never seen this. I've never seen a mini jet because when yeah. it start going, like with the sound effects and the gun, I was like, this this shit is happening. Because I think I said to Nate, I was like, this, this could be a fucking terrorist attack." Keith actually turned to me and he wanted my confirmation that that happened. He was like, I know I'm kind of, I'm, I'm gargled and I'm, I'm and all that, but can you just, I'm like, no, no, Keith, that, <laughs> that plane happened. Like, did, did he turn, did he give you a little nudge and he's like, y- you see that too, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no Mitzi on this trip, so he's lost his 100% record, but, uh, uh, Keith certainly made up for for lack of Mitzi with his <laughs> with his entertaining ways. Um, the team sheet when it came up on UEFA, um, some odd spellings of our names. We got Roberto Lobez, yeah, and we got an L Gritch. That sounds like a Mexican gangster. G R E C H, maybe more Polish. El Gritch. Um. Was it, I think it was the first half, wasn't it, that Berkey got this booking? and Yeah, shooting into the... Yeah, yeah. I've heard five different explanations about this. I've heard he shouted something at the ref. I heard he wanted to go to the toilet. I heard all sorts. But it was just about where they were warming up. That's but fairness, I've never, you can't warm up behind the goal in any walk of life. Mm. But I'd say maybe the management team said, listen, there's fucking nowhere else. So the ref wanted, him to, wanted him to move and he yeah. didn't. Is that it, was the bill? Possibly, I think he, he he tried to get him to move, and I think Borgie booted a ball or something like that, and something happened, and Borgie might have made a comment or like as in waved his hand, you know, fuck off all that, and he got a booking. 
and we'll read some crawls from Brazzer in a while. And he pretty much said, yeah, I was gonna, I wanted to bring him on, give him some minutes. But he couldn't risk it because they were being so physical. They were a cynical team. They were Broken kicking us around. Off. All it would have taken was for one of them to dive or whatever. So not worth the risk. So for Berkey to miss out for that. It's sad. It's sad, really. It's so annoying. Uh, what else we got? A few people are watching at home. Um, I think it was being shown the tear in your rain. Uh, does the four problems to show in the end? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, man. I organise it, I don't know. Um, uh, Kieran, Kieran Gentleman watching back at home as well on RT News Now. Uh, he reckoned it was Peter Collins commentating. And Collins was saying, It's great to see League of Ireland teams doing well against a team like Hibernians when, in the past, they would have struggled against teams like that. Even though we've won every single game against Maltese opposition except for Shelburne in 2002 that is the only time Peter's on form again yep and then the song this Philly Maguire's claiming this by the way really yeah. That's as it was happening I was thinking oh it's going to be Rouse over who started Philly this Philly said he started it Philly said it's his best creation it's his most prized possession so do you want to give it a belter there so what was it it was a ah fuck jeez um <sighs> Um, watching Rovers on Tuesday Oh what a night Yeah oh what a night Watching Rovers on a, a, Either way Watching Rovers on a Tuesday say, night Watching Rovers on a Tuesday Balls night play friendlies Cause they're fucking shy What a feeling What a night So that was just so That was a song Over and over and over and over And it was brilliant What a song Best ever But in the first half I think the only thing worth mentioning is the chance they had. They had a couple of balls whipped in and that, but the chance in the 44th minute was the big one for them. That was their best one chance. One-on-one, yeah. half volley, which is what, like bread and butter, skied it. Mm. And I just had myself, ah, here. They had a few chances in the game, but they actually didn't hit the target until injury time. Yeah. So, yeah, not much to report in the first half other than Keith being mental and the plane... <laughs> And, nearly falling off and that chance 60 foot terrace <laughs> they, they had those terraces as well that were cool the glass and you could look down on it I like those I like those yeah the video after the game of the players and Brazzer the cameras behind them as they're being applauded uh, off the pitch and you just see the shadow of a figure above everyone else standing up at the wall and you're like, yep, that's yeah, Keith. Yeah, that's, that's Keith. him, that's him. Um, so second half, I was kind of hoping we'd shoot into the proverbial oh. cell stand in yeah. the second half. Yeah. <laughs> kind of similar to how, you know, like Pico got the late equaliser in Bran. Uh, but no, it was it was the other way around. Um, yeah, like we said, they were very physical. They were... I thought they gave space in front of what we did in the second half. We took off a striker, I think we put on Richie Tell, because they were getting a lot of space for their number 42, big dude. It was Jaden, what was Jaden calling him? Jaden was calling him Stormzy. <laughs> so big, big dude in the middle of the park. He was a decent passer, but he wasn't that quick on the ball. He was just pinging balls around, same way McCann was kind of pinging balls around in, in Richmond Park that time. Hmm. He'd get the ball, we'd let him have the space, and then they'd whip it out wide and try and whip one in. That's their that was their kind of tactic, um, and it didn't work for them. But then Bradshaw wanted to kind of nullify that in the second half by putting towel on in the middle, and he got less space. But hmm. 
Other than that, it was we kind of predicted this performance. Uh, I called nil all. I think I said it to Craig Matten the night before. It's, or one of the nights I said, "Listen, this is going to be nil all." It's the most inevitable nil all of all time, and I see it being called a professional performance, doing a job. That's what it was. We controlled the game. We're done. We're holding my nose. As Brazier said, we did our work in the first leg. Yeah, we wanted to get a goal, but we didn't. We got Richie. Richie was very. I think he should have held his run. He was offside. But yeah, this is a goal from Richie Taylor. It's only for the people who were looking for their first win. <laughs> cough, cough. Paddy McGrath. <laughs> um, in fairness, towards the end, we were looking for a goal. We had a lot of the ball in the last stage. We always do, though. Jack Byrne had a nice cameo in the last fifteen minutes where he looked good. Um, hard to believe he hasn't played in six weeks now. Uh, before that. But um, he definitely he looked he he looked a class above the rest even in that short spell. Jack the, the money guy the money being quoted there. Yep. Um, what have we got? So guaranteed one point four million. <laughs> Three more rounds. Tommy Tommy six weeks of midweek Euro ball potentially followed by six games in the next nine weeks. So that's some schedule much worse than twenty eleven because of the World Cup. Yep. So we have some quotes from Brazza here. So some, some uh, thoughts from Bradzer. I thought in the first half we were a little bit sloppy in possession, but in the second half we were excellent. Bradley told reporters after the game, we managed the game really well, looked really comfortable and possibly could have scored on the break. So a really professional performance, really comfortable at the end. We did our work last week. It meant that we came here with a different game plan. We knew how they play and I thought we managed it really well. I don't think they had any real dangerous moments. A lot of shots from long distance. We played within ourselves in possession, but we were fine with that because we wanted to protect rather than go and win the game. So we limited our options in the attacking side of the pitch, which we knew we would. But the job was done last week. Like you said, it was a poor game. We were happy with that. Keep it quiet. Go you, away. You called it the worst European we, game of football you've ever seen. A fucking, it was fucking shocking. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it like. They're done. Dust the truth in the next round against the, hmm. the petrol European billionaires in Razgrad. So, yes, Razgrad, puff. A logistical headache. No charters. This is new. Oh no. Well, Brazzer he says it's going to be really tricky to get there. It has been arranged since we've, as we record this, it's been arranged to their, the the plane over. But uh, at the time they were looking at it, and it was looking really tricky because it's an awkward place to get to. It's a small town of thirty thousand. I think a lot of Hoopers are getting the train from Bucharest. I think they know the bus running from Bucharest as well. The tra- so. uh, bus. But just a bit more in post-match there. Uh, the players came back out again to kind of lap up the applause. Uh, Brazzer with the... With the ooh, <laughs> did three of them. Um, the moment the first the final whistle went, my first thought was, I'm going to go over and console Polly McGrath. <laughs> I went over to him. <laughs> he wasn't happy, as you can expect. And when the players were coming over, yeah. they were putting their jerseys and they were throwing them up. We were all like, no, 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 throw them. Into the, into the into the bin throw them into the bin those black jerseys you don't want them yeah um, Ludogorets wear green don't they so yeah so we will, uh, could we wear our white with the green trim I'd like to see it because the black and the green could clash they're quite dark whereas mm. like if you're a ref you'd rather have one team in green and one team in white rather, rather than have one team in green one team in black and green do you know what I mean I think we could mm. be wearing the white when are the club going to take this seriously though? We've not won a game in this jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I, like, we're not joking anymore. We actually want you to get rid of this fucking jersey. But, um, so yeah, like I said, Casal Palmy grab because that's unlucky 13. No, still not seeing a win away in Europe. Although Gary Armstrong 
has a bit of a curse of his own, Gary. He's up to 9 or 10 now. Yeah. No way win. So it can be called the Pomegranate slash Gary Armstrong curse. Um, There was a photo of us in that section. Cracker of a photo. Uh, all three to four hundred of us. Um, by Bo's metrics, four thousand. Four thousand. They're a sum shower, aren't they? <laughs> so post match um, at the long haul, prof. And finally, Aussie Nate's review of that game. Hmm. The worst game of European football you've ever seen. He he described it as tantric six. Had everything but the climax. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fucking brilliant! <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah, so Brad's are spoken Ludogrets as well. Ludogrets. It's definitely a step up. Their pedigree in the last few years shows you that they're a team that really wants to gonna they wants to really wants to test us. But that's what we want. We want to play at that level. We're gonna do our homework and we'll be ready for next week. This is what we've been working towards the last few years. We've improved our seating and it's paying off for us this year. Given ourselves a really good chance. Still a lot of work and tough games to come, but we've given ourselves a chance and this is what we wanted. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk more about it. And he says this game is massive. It opens up so many routes for us, but I don't think the players have played with any fear of apprehension in this toy. I thought the players managed the pressure, that expectation very well in the two toys. We're not blind, obviously, but we know that winning this round was so important for the club and the path. We've won a toy, a toy we expected ourselves to win. We're not off celebrating, going around drinking. Speak for yourself. We'll travel home tonight and focus on Bulgaria next week and get ready to go. There's no wild celebrations. We're a team that's used to winning now. We expect to win another win and we move on. We'll do everything possible to win the next toy. That's our aim. We've put ourselves in a really strong position and we're not going to look at it as if we have fallbacks. We're going to win the toy. We know it's tough and it's a step up, but we'll do everything to go through. And we know we have really big games coming up next month at least. The crowd talent is going to play a big part in that because we know the next round is going to be a step up in class. We're definitely going to need the crowd. Been brilliant for us all year. Hopefully, there'll be more special European nights to be had. Yeah, as, as he says, the path that's opened up for us now is a massive opportunity we've given ourselves. Um, the two draws are on Monday. So the third qualifying round of the Champions League and the next round of the Europa League as well so we'll find out our potential opponents there did you notice UEFA actually used our photo both on Twitter and the UEFA site of us celebrating no no like of all the qualifying rounds great of photo. the week they used us it was great um, quote from Gar Brennan some mix of people in our section there tonight locals Germans English French and a lot of cultures yeah we had a great chat with two locals and Gar befriended them and he was chatting away and then we ended up all chatting away. Um, two Valletta fans and Forshala, Forshala Hibs, that was the name, mm. they were teaching us some fuck Hibs, <laughs> Forshala Hibs I think it was called, so we were chatting away with them but it turns out that one of their grannies was Irish so they were just drawn to this game and we were chatting away with them sound blokes, sound blokes, just there to see that another team they hate lose. Quite the eclectic mix of people Um of course, those guy jerseys as well. That might have been Captain's cousin. Surprised he didn't get. It was a Limerick, a Limerick one and all actually. Where's he from? He's from Galway. Galway. I thought yeah. he was going to get drop kicked off the stand. Um. Yeah. So some people suggested that, um, or it's believed that Valletta is the most beautiful part of the island, which we weren't in. But it's a very small island, so I'm sure if you had time, you could do all these touristy things. Um. I was actually going to get in touch with McDowell Ferris because you know the way he always goes out for the week and he checks out all this stuff. Mm. I was going to say to him, do you want to do some touristy stuff? Yeah. Because I never do it. 
and unfortunately my dad was struck with COVID before this trip he didn't make it um, so no no Thursday stuff for me but like I said I struggled to even walk 5 minutes in that heat so I don't know if I would have done it yeah so post match at the long haul prof um, you'll have to talk about this one because <laughs> I went I, I went home I was, I was just I was dead like I was just like okay get yourself together guy find the hotel go back close your eyes for half an hour and then get back up I'm a coward <laughs> you can't be going to sleep without setting an alarm well, what do you think is going to happen Nightmare, nightmare. Yeah. Well, I went out anyway. Didn't go on a mad one. I think I stayed out at about half one or two or something. But uh, the highlight was probably Barry's shirt. He was very dapper. He looked like he owned that gentleman's club across from the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That I spoke about. Like Charlie Sheen, two and a half yeah. men. This was a sight to behold. Other than that, the usual crack, the sing songs. Uh, like I said, it was very lively on the Tuesday. Choosing night, uh, in part because of the win. I think you were you were saying this to me before. the The country was aware of this game. You know what I mean? Like we've been to places before, and you're kind of like, you're informing the taxi drivers and the locals and the barmen about robbers and the match. It felt like a lot of people knew about this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was pulled, and I was on the day of the game. I was wearing the on tour in the fucking green hat so it was mm. red hot and some fella pulled up he's like hello are you uh, who are you I'm like oh no I'm not <laughs> giving away me cans to some fella I've nothing to bribe him with now he just asked me about the game he's like oh you what's your team asked me about he goes oh yeah he goes oh, fuck Hibs I was like yes yes fuck Hibs <laughs> I'm just chatting away he goes oh well good luck and he drove off him and a group of lads yeah that was a conversation started. like I had the bucket hat on uh, official club merchandise gear. We don't yeah. we don't endorse uh, counterfeit per, uh, merchandise here on the show. Bought by bought by board members. Yeah, but uh, it's always a conversation there. They just see the crest and then they know your robber isn't But um, so our Tiffy's hotline questions. Gary. Yes, here we go, Prof. So the questions are as follows: What route did you take to Malta, and how many days did you stay there? Me and Prof, we went Shannon to Malta, Malta to Dublin. And we were there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What area did you stay in? What bar did you go to? And what drink? What did you drink? And how was your experience overall? Me and the prof, we were in the Alexandra. We drank in... I actually... I think I only drank... I drank in a place called Mix Bar one day. And the rest was just a long haul. And then the pool. Yeah. The pool. Drinking points by the pool. Um, experience overall was great, prof. It was great. It was great. Did you do that in touristy? Absolutely not. No. Nothing. I wanted to get an old rabbit stew. That didn't materialise either. What was the highlight of the trip outside of the game itself? It was too many. Too many to name. We left the hotline <laughs> talk about that. Funny story involving a friend a friend or a family member. What were your thoughts on the game? Two legs. You spoke about that. What was your favourite ever rover's European trip? Best city, best stadium. Brand for us, isn't it? My, uh, yeah, my favourite is still Bergen. In terms of a city. Bergen um, had the whole package, didn't it? Best game is obviously going to be Wyatt Lane, but in terms of a trip, uh, I'm going to say Bergen because I love I love that place. It was you had the result, you had you had the the, the town, I just everything about it. I love. Yeah. Uh, what country have you wanted Rovers to be drawn in? You know, mine. I want to see Riga. Uh, Do I have one? Um, yeah, I'm thinking Riga as well. I know a few people said Germany in this hotline. 
but I'm, I'm thinking more of a realistic one. Yeah, Germany's not realistic. Like, I mean, we're talking fourth round, well, second maybe round. group stage. Yeah, is, fourth but, round, uh, second round, maybe somewhere like that. You know, a good, cool team with some with a good culture about them. You know, I think for me, Wales. Yeah, I would love. It. I want Wales next because I want to bring Jaden and I want to bring the family. So I think I'm gonna because I was, you know, when you're you're away and you're running the muck with the lads and all, and then I kind of saw some like I saw Mark Keaton. With Alex saw Riley with his fucking dad. I saw Riley saw his dad with <laughs> Riley, and I was just looking. I was like, oh, right, I think that's the road I want to go down now. You know, I think I want to start bringing them and letting them have memories like that. Um, next up we have oh Harborn is what we have from. Oh, by the way, we can, here. we can actually get Linfield because they they came from behind, didn't they, to beat the New Saints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They are a potential opponent. I think if they if they get knocked out, is it? We could face them in the. I imagine. Is it the Europa League? I haven't worked out all the permutations. Yeah, no, but no. they're definitely. We need to get our coefficient head case on on the on on the case. Um, yeah. So yeah, best city, best stadium. We spot with that least favorite trip. Number five, right now. Yes or no? Will the hoops make the either the the Europa League or Conference League? Yes, we're gonna make at least one of them. Conference League, I'd say, right? Conference League with some heartbreak in the Europa. Bonus question: Have you ever had a European um, away travel mishap? No comment. <laughs> you would just write down Malta on that one. <laughs> Malta. <laughs> well, we're actually well. Maybe I didn't, ref- didn't phrase this question properly. What I was actually referring to was flight mishap. <sighs> Honestly, I just want to say to the lads, fair play Which, to everybody, because the absolutely horrific 30 hours the lads spent in an airport. Well, I, I thought of this question two months ago. I it's, it's turned out to be a bit of a premonition, because most people's answers would be Malta, because some people went through hell. Um, you'll hear from one person, Neil Walsh kind of went... Went through 16 hours, not quite as bad as some others, but the 30 and hours. Some of them, like, I mean, one of their flights getting cancelled, right? And then they book new flights to England. Oh, for me, the killer is waiting 10 hours, thinking, should I wait to see if it will be cancelled or not? Or should I book other flights Why should now? you ever wait to see if it's cancelled? To me, that's torture. But your, your flight is on at the time. You're like, why would I even think about getting a different flight? You know what I mean? So when it gets cancelled, you well, go for a new one, you're out of pocket by 250 or whatever it is, you're going to Gatwick, and then they get to Gatwick, and that flight is cancelled. They have to get a train to fucking Bristol, and then Bristol to fucking home. I'm nearly sure fellas ended up on boats. <laughs> yeah, Brutal. We'll talk about that again. Fair play to them, but yeah, so up first, Mark Eaton, Paddy Mohan Jr., aka Moe, Peter Fitzpatrick, and Riley Saul. So, here are the lads. Line. Not long back from Malta, Mark Keane here. Malta was a live, absolutely quality trip from start to finish. Um, decided to bring my young lad, Alex, who's 14 on his first European trip. So obviously he was in contact with Ed Saul, he was bringing Riley. Gareth Bourne was bringing Sean, his son a.k.a. Turkish, the tennis player. And the sixth member of Westlife, Brendan Dawson. So we were all in contact with each other of what way we were going to travel and stuff like that. The boys were going on the charter. 
that was a non-runner. I looked at going direct because I'd never um, done a connecting flight before. And Mickey O'Leary wanted 1,400 quid for me and my young lad. Fucking hell. So, Ed Saul said he found a route, sent me the route. I've done the exact same route, but one or two different flights, meaning a couple of hours in between. And uh, off we went to Malta, brought the kids. I have to say, from st it was unbelievable. Getting there, um, it was very, very warm. The Rovers fans were absolutely brilliant, as per usual. And plenty of them there. It's great to see lads I remember going with their parents as kids. The likes of fucking Jake Murphy. And Gary Seary used to come with us in the van. Me, Barney and Jordan when he was only a kid. And look at them now. All making their own way to watch Rovers in Europe. Uh, what else was it? The match. The match itself was probably won last week. I would have loved to see a score a goal, win away, would have been amazing for the fans. Some travelling support, in fairness. Um, I met a couple of lads from Glasgow, Celtic, and they were just there for a week's holidays and decided to, to go down and watch the game. But, uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Fair play to Gary and the, the lads are uh, organising the coaches up to the, the ground. That was a winner. The hotel, the Alexander. Um, Read the reviews on it. I says, oh, this is a disaster. Hairs in the bed. T tissues under the bed. This was wrong. That was wrong. Staff was rude. So when Kieran Stafford was going out on the Friday and I asked him to do a video, a recce of the, the place, because I, I was going to actually bail out of the hotel and go somewhere else. But thankfully I didn't. The room I got was uh, top quality. We had a... A balcony like something out of Love Island. I'm led to believe I don't watch Love Island, so I wouldn't know what that was. Um, what else was there? Yeah, so staff sent me the videos of the the rooms, the pool area. Everything was good. Great crack up at the pool. And um, I thought the staff were amazing in the hotel. Then we obviously the long haul boozer where everyone met was brilliant. Absolutely great crack. Um, it was a good meeting spot. It was very, very local for everybody. And I have to say, uh, the food that I had over there was quality. Apart from one night when I had a kebab um, late at night. My old Japanese flag wasn't the best of it the next morning. But overall, um, Hugo was the man over there. He's a couple of restaurants. Whoever you are, Hugo, if you're still around, fair folks to you. I'm a, anyone that knows me would uh, I like cakes I love cakes Big Daddy is a good nickname for me cakes are the thing and um, I didn't find a cake shop that was the only downfall of the whole trip for me because I like a nice uh, a nice cake with a nice big mug of tea what else can I say yeah, the trip was just quality. Roll on next week, Bulgaria. I won't be going to Bulgaria. But uh, safe travelling to everyone that does go. It was an amazing trip. Some great laugh. 
uh, as I said, Ed, Royley, Brendan, the Westlife man, something not right with that chap, fell in his age, come to see a concert like that. Garrett with his son, Sean, who absolutely <laughs> loves a bit of stick. Well, he's no fucking choice, he's gonna take it. Uh, it looks like he, he had been in Turkey on his holidays, plus he came back from Wimbledon and the tennis gear he was wearing. And Richie Carroll, who I know a long, long time, uh, really enjoyed And it's about making memories at Rovers. And I can tell you, we've made plenty of memories. It was the best European trip I've been on for a simple reason is, as I said, my 14-year-old Alex came. And obviously, I hooked up with Jonathan Roach and his kids, um, who Alex knows, through going to Rovers and stuff like that. So they all had a great time. My favourite European trip, obviously, was Spores. Um, absolutely amazing support. Unbelievable to get a Premiership team, a club like Shamrock Rovers. Obviously, London was the best city I've been in and the best stadium watching Rovers would have been White Hart Lane. Uh, what was I going to say? The highlight outside that trip to Malta was obviously making some amazing memories with my young lad, Alex, and the likes of Ed and Riley. Like, they're things that the kids will never ever forget which is fucking unbelievable. If the Hoops do make the Europa League or Conference League stages this year, it'll be some achievement for the club and what this team have done as a group of players. My God. I'd say if we got some of the bigger teams, we might have to switch it from Tally to D4. But hopefully not. A funny story involving a friend or family member. Well, I'll go back to my son Alex. I think he was about three or four. We came back from Juventus. Um, and that weekend we were playing Bohemians. And my memory serves me right. Pat Flynn was sent off. And the Rovers fans were abusing the referee. Singing, the referee's a wanker. So we headed to Natalie's Maz for our dinner and his nanny, Lord Immersion or Yvonne said to him, did you have a good day, son? He says, the referee's a wanker, nanny. <laughs> so that was my funny story. Um, I've gone to Rovers with Alex over the years. Obviously I have lots of other stories, but they probably wouldn't be making the podcast. Hey lads, um, Maui here. Thanks for having me on couple of questions answered from our experiences in um, Malta. What route do we take? So we flew from Shannon with the Prof, Gary, the Armstrongs and the Wilsons. And on the way home, we went from Sofia and arrived home this morning. So we, sorry, we arrived Sunday and we came home there Thursday morning. Did we do anything touristy? Unfortunately not, we um we didn't venture too far from the Long Hall or the nightclub. But they were touristy enough. Um, the highlight of the trip, a few, a few good parts of it now to be fair. Um, Riley Saul running the, running the show, 
probably one of the highlights. Um, another one was there's a video flying around of my Elvla, um, with the card stuck to his back. Thanks for that, uh, Karen Stafford. Appreciate that one. But yeah, no, overall, great, great trip and plenty of highlights. My thoughts on the games. First leg, easy enough going. Um, good performance, played well, scored the three goals. Um, the second leg, <laughs> not much to say really, was there? Um, I heard a lot of people saying that it was a professional performance, but look, we go with it and said that we're there and win the next round, so happy as Larry. My favourite ever Rovers European trip. Oh, there's plenty of them, isn't there? There's never really any that are bad. Um, my first one was Copenhagen in 2011, which was great. Obviously, your first one, and I was still fairly young, so it was a good old, good old crack. Um, but I'd say my favourite one has to be Bran. So I'd never been to Norway. It was hard enough to get there, but um, and a lovely city. And it helped. So we got a decent result and a last minute goal, and the place went absolutely bananas when Pico's goal went in. Um, the favourite country that I've always wanted Rovers to be drawn in. Now, saying that Sligo have a, a nice little trip at the moment, don't they? Down to Wales and then Scotland. That would be a decent little trip out of convenience, but um, I'd always like to get a German side, maybe Dortmund. One of them teams, but um, no, you're happy with whoever you can draw if you can get through them, I suppose. But that's that. The least favorite, I tell you, the trip home now through Sofia wasn't too sweet, but um, I wouldn't say there's any least favorite trips now. Um, yes, I do think that Rovers will make the Europa League or conference group stages. I'm actually quite confident that we can probably go Europa League, I think. It's probably the best squad I've ever, since I've supported Rovers, and I probably a lot of people will probably say the same. I think we've got a good mix of quality and um, being able to defend and professional performances like Tuesday. Hopefully I'm right, but um, yeah, no, I'm quite confident that we can do that. And hopefully we'll be able to get a few more trips in, which will be absolutely ideal. And the last one, have you ever had any European away travel mishaps? Thankfully not. Um, probably talked the most amount of shite in Malta this time around. But look, that's what I was there for. And you wouldn't change it for the world, would you? Um, that's me, lads. Keep on helping. Hi, Carol. Peter Fitzpatrick here. Thanks for asking me onto the Tiptees hotline to talk about the trip to Malta. I came to Malta on Sunday with my grandson Jack and we travelled Dublin, Milan, then a taxi to Parma and from Parma to, Ma to Malta. It was an eventful trip to say the least, but such is travel today. We, stayed in Mal we were staying in Malta for four days in the Ardento Hotel, which is in St. Julian's. We've met up with, met up with ro other Rovers fans in the Long Hall and the Dubliner pubs. And the Dubliner was by far the best pub for points and food. The drink in the Long Hall was absolutely terrible and the staff are even worse. 
not no welcome there at all even though there was hundreds of rovers fans outside trying to get a drink we've had a good time here relaxing going for a good nose around and of course meeting other hoops fans the only touristy thing we've done was today wednesday we went to valletta for the day and it was nice to have a look around a little city see the sights have some lunch as regards to the winning of the tie, the tie was won in Tala. And last night was just about winning overall. It was a very poor game on a terrible pitch. And the antics of the Hibernius players were poor, was poor. This was, a, this was my first Rowers European trip and has been very enjoy, enjoyable so far. Getting a chance to talk to properly to other Rowers fans uh, known and uh, known by nodding at them over the over the number of years most of the rovers fans seem to have enjoyed themselves here getting a bit of sun and a bit of a holiday before the long trek home a country i'd like rovers to be drawn in next would be austria fabulous country in my opinion and hopefully in the years to come we may get a game there as regards getting qualifying for the Europa League or the Conference League I think Rovers have a very good chance providing to get a decent draw and at the very least they have another three ties to play uh, once again thanks for asking me on to the Tifty hotline take care lads goodbye how's it going everybody Ed Saul here uh, dad of Royley Saul who is about to do the hotline I'm going to read it questions out to Riley and he's going to give me an answer uh, really quickly. Uh, what's your full name? Hi my name is Riley Shaw I'm eight years old. What route did you take to Malta and how many days did you stay there? The days was three and I done Lub Lu Dublin to London, London to Malta and the same on the way back. What area did you stay in? St. Julian's. What bar did you go to? The Long Hall Pub. What did you drink? Coke and water. How was your experience overall? Me singing at the Long Hall Pub and all the fans singing with me. That was good crack, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you do anything or go see something touristy? Um, no. I stayed at the pool all day. Then I went to the bar and I... What was the highlight of the trip outside of the game itself? Um me swimming uh, and the, there was this punching bag thing I was punching it yeah okay any funny story involving a friend or family member so in, in the punching bag thing you put in two ears then you press the button then the boxing bag came down and it came down really quick and it nearly knocked my dad out but luckily, luckily, he had good reflexes, and um, he it didn't it didn't hit him. What was your thoughts on the games over the two legs? The the first leg was very good, but the second leg, I think we're just holding the ball because the first leg was three 0 Yeah. What was your favourite ever Europe Rovers European trip? This one because it's my first. Okay. Um, what country have you always wanted Rovers to be drawn in? Um, I say Germany because I really want us to put 
I really want us to play Borussia Dortmund. I think it would be great atmosphere, and I think we put up a good challenge with them. Yes, no, yes or no? Will the hoops make either the Europa League or the Conference League group stages? The Conference League group stages, I say. Okay. Um, any other highlight from the trip that you want to mm-hmm. add in, Riley? Brilliant experience with the ultras singing at the match and waving flags. The flag. And what song were you singing? Shamrock Rovers, we're Ireland's number one. Thank you for letting me do this. Bye. Yeah, and I think I think I'm gonna to touch on what Mark said. Is that I think that's the road I kind of want to go down next. Is to start bring Jaden and a few of them to kind of experience away trips because he did mention it. So plenty yeah. coming up soon. Hopefully we get a handy one and we can get the we can get them over and. Yeah, young Riley will never forget that. As long as he lives, will he? No, never. What a, what a moment to cherish. Um, what else we got? I didn't know that was Peter Fitzpatrick's first European trip. Maybe wow. I'm just... Maybe I'm being ageist or something, but like... I never would have thought that was his first trip. Yeah. He, he said it was his, uh, it got to do with his job. He just couldn't get away before. Mm. But um, every, I asked, obviously... I knew it was Riley's first trip, but the other people, I was asking people who I felt had been on a few before, so they could answer that question for, you know, about other trips. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um, one of the highlights of the trip for me, um, I wasn't up in the pool at the time, but the video was put in the chat of <laughs> Maui's dad spending 20 minutes looking for his credit card. Oh, no. And it was stuck on his back the whole time. <laughs> Did you not see this video? No. Did he sleep on it? Oh, I'll show you the video right now, right? So I'm now showing the video, Gary, the video of uh, Maui <laughs> spending 20 minutes looking for his credit card at the pool. <laughs> it's stuck to his back! <laughs> How did I not see this? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Going absolute ape shit looking, but there's nothing worse, is there? So, Gar, lends their credit card. It's on your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some good stuff from the lads. Peter really taking it in. Uh, really saw having a ball. And, uh, of course, Maui. So, great stuff yeah. from the lads. Yes, that's part one. Uh, some more callers later on. So, the travel nightmares, you've kind of covered a bit of it there Maloney hashtag free them all to airport 11 mm. so you had some of them flights delayed for 10 hours and then like you said changing to Bristol and then getting ferries planes trains boats uh, great picture of uh, Stephen Tyrrell just on his phone struggling to even read it his mm. mate with his head on the table <laughs> next to him just dead fell sprawled out all over the airport of course I saw this and I had no sympathy I was just this would make a great podcast promo mm. T50's hotline promo yeah <laughs> um, and of course I spawned a new song oh what a night stuck in Malta on a Thursday night not a hope of getting a fucking flight. <laughs> what a feeling, what a night. <laughs> or alternatively, stuck in Stansted on a Thursday night. Okay. Our flights have been cancelled and it's fucking shy. Um, some came back to you, Sophia. Um, I never thought about this at the time. 
Isn't it kind of mad that some Rovers fans flew to Sofia on Thursday mm-hmm. to go back to Dublin, and they planned to go back to Bulgaria the following Monday. No, yeah, Bulgaria twice in a week. Nearly just stay there, wouldn't you? Um, the Glenmalore lads, they had some spin, so they had they had difficulties getting there. They were they were in Milan, and their flight got cancelled. No, I think it was actually Dublin to Gatwick. And their flight from Gatwick to Milan was cancelled. Were they not in Milan and it got cancelled? No, because they had to get a taxi to Bristol. I thought to they go were, to Milan. I thought they flew to Milan, and then Milan flight got cancelled. They flew back to the UK and then back out. I don't know. What got that was the day, but I heard they had to. I, don't know. I heard they had to like spend four hundred euro on a taxi to Bristol. Oh. But I was talking to Buddy. He was involved in this. He said it, it ended up costing them the same to continue the journey as it would have to go back home. Okay. So in that case, yeah. just carry on. Oh, carry on, yeah. But so all that, uh, Dublin, Gatwick, Bristol, Milan, Malta, back to Birmingham, to Mod- to Hollyhead, to Dublin. Jeez, what a Hollyhead! So they got the boat, did they? What a journey that was! Ridiculous, man. Yeah, so those are the travel nightmares. You and I are just reading all these texts. We're we're we're, we're keeping our mouths shut, like we're just like you know. <laughs> Our flight was seamless, man, and then, and then the next day it's just fucking Maltese airport. You don't want just, to sound like a dickhead, but we're just like, uh, kind of glad I'd paid that extra few yeah. quid, actually. Um, yeah. Right, so yeah, that's the travel nightmare section gone. So draw the prof. Great trip overall, but draw the home game. Friday 22nd is now moved to the Saturday the 23rd at 2 pm. So they get a night's sleep. It's a bit, could have put a, pumped it up to the, to the night time, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I'm actually going to miss this one now because I'm in I'm in work. I think the idea is an earlier game, then it gives them more time prep for the the Tuesday game. Then. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to miss that one now. So um, unless I can come so, up with some sort of scam, you're not the only one. Ray Whedon is going to miss it. So no curry, no party. No curry, no party. Other results, prof. We draw the one done dark nail with Dino Williams, absolutely turning and burying them out. In the Loud Derby and Shelbourne Tree Harps won. And Derry and Sligo in Europe falling miserably. Sligo lost. Oh, no, Sligo went through on penos, invading the pitch with penalties for a fourth round tie. The most cozy pitch invasion ever. Yeah, yeah. Fines. Fines Der- everywhere. <laughs> Derry losing 4 0 in aggregate overall. And Riga are obviously a good team, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's a few quid there, I think. Team. Just going back to the domestic games there, Shelbourne ending their. They're Harps hoodoo there because they lost twice in before. Not Harps not looking good, Eddie. Um, Jim Conroy sent me this in. He said, Will Dean Williams be in the running for Rovers Player of the Year? Two winners versus Dundalk. And he scored against Bowes a couple of times, didn't he? Somebody gave me a stat. 70% of his goals have come against Dundalk and Bowes. Good man, Dino. Um, Four games on this weekend. It's Friday as we're recording here so the games aren't long over uh, Dundalk I think have just finished one all with Pats and their manager one Stephen O'Donnell has just been sent off yeah. at the game so drop points again and a red why was Stephen why were you sent off well yeah see a man over there a man there now that's fell in the black he's heavy he says they're looking infectious I says well my man's he knows Italian vaccines and I'm fine <laughs> I just, I've got a big gaunt and I look a bit green 
and I just need to give myself a drink of water, and it'll be fine. So he sent me to the stand and said I looked like I was going to affect the other players. But, Scott, and I think I think ever since we got rid of Hooban for the vaccines, we've been, we've been flying. Stephen, what has Angus got to do with the match? Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Um, yeah. Right, anyway. I'm hoping to get some treatment. Do you think... Do people like calling title races halfway through this? Not season? even halfway. Is this like some sort of fetish now? Not even halfway. That's stupid. I know you got Johnny Ward calling it after four games, but I'm just talking like, why? Oh, I don't even listen like, to them. Ten before this game, Dundalk were ten points behind with a game in hand, right? So let's say seven points. I know they ended up drawing, but you might as well treat your opponent's games in hand as wins. It's the best way to look at them, really. Yeah. So that was potentially seven. Thirteen games left. How is anything over? It's not. It's, it's only fucking taken. It's only even taken into account, man. Um, yes, so there you go. Sligo. That was their European exploits. And the clear ahead episode, episode nine. Tony Cousins haven't seen this one yet, prof. Looking forward to it. Cuzo is a good lad. Interested in that one. So well yeah, done to guards once going. again. They had um, Pat Flynn on before, don't they? So they're, they're mixing up a bit with Definitely, current yeah. and past staff. Tony O'Dowd has to be next, doesn't he? Tony O'Dowd. Oh, he'd be great, yeah. So the weekend's result for the underage, Shermock Rovers Academy. We have under-19s beating Pats 2-1, Prof. That's a cracker of a win. We had the under-19s ladies winning 7-1 away to Cork. We had the under-17s beating Shells 3-2 in a slobber knocker of a game. Women's under-17s winning 3-1. Could we get the clean sweep here, Prof? 3-1 away to Waterford. 15s tonking Pats. 5-0. And our 14s tonking Waterford. 5-0 as well. So that is an absolute hammerhead of a fucking weekend in the um, Roadstone. We got a midweek result as well. The women's 19s, they beat Bowes 1-0 at Roadstone. Excellent stuff. Oh, clean sweep, as, as they say. Uh, and of course, Prof, we continue... To boil piss all over Dublin because the hotbed has finally, finally made its forever lifetime partner. One, How, one of the biggest signings in Rovers history. Rovers is Crumlin's feeder club. That's who that should be. The hotbed of talent that is Crumlin has officially partnered up with Shamrock Rovers, which means they are former Pats affiliate as well, which is going to boil piss. Mm. And you're going to tell them this and that and this. Oh, there's reasons for this. It's a great, great feeder club. That's brilliant. It really is. So, how does um, uh, Riley Saw's dad feel about this? I'd say he was probably the instigator. Um, you wouldn't know, but really, really good. And you, you gotta, you gotta be happy with that. You gotta be happy with it as well. Um, hotline part two, prof. Hotline. We've got Neil Walsh, Keith Doyle, Gillian Armstrong, and the senator Mick McCarthy. Yellow. Hello, Tifty's Hotline. This is Neil here. Um, so how did I get out to Malta? Uh, I went out on Monday morning around 8, 8 o'clock through Stansted. And then I had about a seven-hour wait. So I actually left the airport, just went to the, the local village, uh, Bishop Stalford it was called. Wasn't much to see or do there. So just went to a Weatherspoons and had a manky breakfast before heading back to the airport. So then we arrived around 10 o'clock that night. So it was straight out uh, to meet up with everyone who was already there. Uh, I stayed in St Julian's so I actually have friends that live there so it was handy enough uh, I didn't get up to anything really touristy myself I'd, I'd lived in Malta before so 
but I'd seen everything I needed to see and I was only there last month as well on the holiday so I was only in um, the trip was only about 60 hours I was in the country so it's mostly just um, having a couple of beers and uh, enjoying St Julian's really uh, the bars I was in was just mostly in Patchville where most people were uh, got a little bit um, too busy at one stage so I think a lot of people just went to the local uh, uh, shops and just bought cans and kind of drank on the street before going further down and going into a couple of nightclubs later on uh, the highlight of my trip uh, like all European trips I think the night before the game is always great when people arrive and you're catching up with people that you haven't seen maybe in a year that uh, you'd only see in European trips just because they might be in different sections or in different stands in the ground so it's always good to catch up with other people then and then the, the sing songs and the way to the game everyone's in high spirits and uh, the bus out to the to the bus to the game was uh, was good crack as well uh, my thoughts over the two legs I, like talking to people the night before on the day of the game I was actually trying to play down the tie is over because obviously being 3-0 up like anything can happen in Europe uh, you often don't know anything about the opposition and they could have just had a really bad day but um, I just thought in the first leg Finn's performance was just amazing like it was one of the best I've seen in a long time in a rover shirt um, he was just from start to finish he was just immense and played really well obviously getting the early goal and being involved in everything I thought he was great um, my favourite European trips so far um, well obviously uh, White Hart Lane was, was great um, it, that was just a very special day but um, I actually really enjoyed the Icelandic trip because um, it's actually the only time I've seen us win a, win a game um, away from home uh, there was other times we had won but lost an extra time so it's not exactly a, a great feeling uh, but um, obviously White Hart Lane is up there but I, I really enjoyed the Icelandic trip and to win um, in 90 minutes was great uh, the best city like Malta, um, I thought it was a brilliant trip. I really enjoyed it, but I actually liked Nicosia as well. It was just, uh, it was a nice place to see. Uh, it was really warm as well, and we had a nice, nice pool and stuff in the hotel. And that was, um, it was nice to go over to the other side of the the occupied Cyprus and see um, how um, how different things are and going across the border and stuff. It was interesting anyway. Uh, the best stadium, obviously, the old White Hart Lane was great. I did like Bergen and the, the Friends Arena in uh, Stockholm, but uh, in terms of size, um, they're obviously just big grounds. But I really like Boleslav. It wasn't too dissimilar to Tala. I think it was three stands. Uh, it was probably about five or 6,000 that held. So it's kind of similar in size, and it, it was a full house as well. So I, I enjoyed that as well. The only thing was the town it was in. It was straight in and straight out after the game. There's very little to see or do out there. Uh, my least favourite trip would have to be Lithuania. There's no prizes for guessing why that is. Um, it was just miserable, like a nice country and it's a, it's cheap and it was relatively easy to get to, but it was just it was a horrible day, uh, especially considering we had done so well the, the season before and we had much of the same players. But um, yeah, it was just a terrible uh, time to be at Rovers. And I think it was probably about five years before we played in Europe again after that game. Um, the country that I've always wanted to go to, I think everybody kind of dreams of going to Wales just because it's so easy to get to. You can get the ferry over, uh, you can fly to most parts of, um, of uh, the UK and make your own way there. So it's pretty accessible. So we would bring a big crowd. I didn't see much of Sligo when um, they were over there um, the other day. So I'm not sure how many um, they brought, but I'd, like I think we'd be bringing 500 plus there, which was amazing for a European game. Um, 
I'd also love to go to the Caucasus. We'll be getting a lot less than like 500 people if we went there, but just they seem like mad places to like say Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan. Uh, maybe someday we'll, we'll end up there. <laughs> you never know. Um, will we qualify for either of the groups? Um, well, there's obviously still a chance of getting into the big one and getting into the Champions League, but I'd be content with the Conference League. But look, anything can happen if we beat Ludogorets and go through next week. We're guaranteed at least one group. So uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, I'd be happy if we got Conference because we have a chance of picking up points and then... Um, there's obviously three more group stage trips available. Um, and then the final bonus question, um, have there any been any European mishaps? Um, not until yesterday when it took 16 hours to get home. It was far from ideal, but I think other people had it a lot worse and hadn't to go back. And I think there was talk of a ferry. Um, but yeah, we were delayed considerably yesterday. So but other than that, no, nothing really has uh, stood out in terms of a mishap. Uh, everything's been uh, fairly good. Right, cheers lads. Keep on helping. How is lads? Keith Doyle here. Um Yeah, so still recovering anyway, as you can hear, I still sound a bit like a man who sell pack the voice box. Think I damaged my vocal cords out there some, left something over there anyway. Didn't come back all. But um yeah, so we, we headed out Saturday night. Jeez, it's a bro now. Saturday night via Luton, the wonderful Luton, just built me in the midst of two weeks in Luton, it's a kicking spot, um, went to the, we got to the airport, went to the security, he says, oh, we're going to head into Luton town, what's best to go, me? he says, there's nowhere to go, I said, what do you mean, he says, everywhere's closed at 11, I said, mate, it's Saturday night, what's going on, he says, there's nowhere to go, Fuck, there's a casino, I says, ah, yeah, so Luton most has to have the highest suicide rate in Britain, so it must have, but if it doesn't, I'd be shocked. But, um, yeah, so we headed into the casino anyway, got in there, blew a few quid. They actually wouldn't let Brandon in because he was under every chance that I am. We managed to get through, took the idea, and think eventually I woman done our maths just at the end. She copped, he wasn't 18. So lucky for Rob, he's probably thankful now because he's an extra fucking 100 quid in his pocket. But, uh, yeah, so they wouldn't let Brandon in then. So he headed back and a few of us headed on in, gambled a few quid away and there was a little spot where uh, there's some entertainer up singing. There was a couple of elves in it, a couple of young ones in it. They were, yeah, it was a pair of the young ones. It was an odd looking setup, but uh, she got up and started singing away anyway. So soon enough we were up late and dancing, giving us socks. But after our fourth song, she sang the fourth song again. So. We came to the assumption. She only started my phone ringing there. Uh, we came to the assumption she only had four songs, so she got a blast of four songs. You've only got four songs. You've only. And anyway, uh, Jane Nino was rocking the dance floor in that fucking. in that place. Uh, it was a bit of crack for a few hours. Born a few hours, saved us waiting around Luton. Got back to Luton, all the lads looked like. They wanted to die. They were sitting around that long. They were hanging around every charging party could get. But um, so yeah, eventually came got, got on the flight tomorrow to Happy Days. Got there. Uh, we were there from, from the Saturday to the Thursday. Good crack. It's never in Malta before. Um, I have to say, I was impressed with it. Lovely spot. Nice spot. And uh, hotel was lovely. Surprise, Rob booked it. 
But uh, even though we had the smallest room I've ever been, but no, it was a lovely hotel, I have to say. The pool was great. Can't fault it. Uh, the bars were good. The, the Irish bar we were in wasn't great. Now the long haul, I wouldn't be fucking writing it. But I'm sure you all have got stories about it. But the drink was cheap. We took it over. We had the crack. And we made it an Irish bar for the weekend. Anyway, a proper one. But, um... <coughs> Sorry, I had to clear my trouble there. Um, yeah, highlight outside the game, probably take it. it the night we took over the street, we'd done it two nights in a row, but we took over the street. We had, the, I think, all the residents and the apartments above around that balcony recording us. Anybody walking by was recording us with a great crack. Um, the unfly leading the chance, that was great. Oh, what a night. Another great, great song came from the, the weekend. But um, the night of the game, then we had to bring home myself and Rob had to bring home Max and Brandon. They did a few too many, as I did probably most nights, but uh, they were telling everybody they loved them that night. So if anybody was left out that night, but you'll see them in Tala next week, they'll probably tell you they love you. Uh, the game, we, we did the job. I knew the second leg wasn't going to be great at all. Uh, we were training it up. We didn't have to go really and do much, but they were a poor team. But look, we can only beat what's in front of us. But they were a poor team. They're one of the poorest teams I remember in Tala, personally. Um, but yeah, look, praise God. The draws is that friendly to us. If we, if we do fall back into another tournament, if we get someone of their calibre, it'd be nice. But um, yeah, so a funny story from the trip is uh, I was in bed. I was, peaceful in bed one of the mornings and Mr Parsons dragged me out of the room for some reason so we were going to the pill we went up to the pill anyway and uh, I somehow managed to be end up in the pill fully clouded the phone while everything in my pocket smokes <laughs> I'd swear Brandon pushed me but swears he didn't I don't know but can't be sure of that Anyway, uh, yeah, so falling into the pill, getting out, my phone's brand new, walking and all. I was in the pill for a good minute or so. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it has to be a highlight of the trip, I suppose. You know, not buying a new phone when you get home. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, Stanley, probably my, my favourite trip so far. It was great crack. We had some crack over there, I had to, had, had to say, you know. The game, the weather, everything, dancing around with the Harry Christmas. And my dad was with me, and uh, he would have loved him all the God rest him. But, um, yeah, probably stadium-wise, White Hart Lane would be the best. Uh, have to be the best ground, is Premier League ground. Even better now if we got it. It's, it's obviously ten times the ground it was, but... Uh, Least favourite trip it has to be Lithuania, Shehal. We stayed in Riga, the far air bus journey was torture. Um, we was hung, badly hung over, nothing new there. But um, I think we'll do well this year. Obviously, it depends on the draw, but I'm very optimistic in making it to the group stage of something. Um, great for the Champions League, but look, that's wishful thinking. Even the conference they could do, we should have really done it last year. I felt it was a really big missed opportunity for us. I thought we were going to do it, but unfortunately it didn't happen. 
Um, but yeah, I'm confident this year we will do well. So, please God we do. Hi lads, Jill Armstrong here. Thanks for having me on. We started off our journey by getting a bus organised by yourselves from Temple Oak with a lovely bottle of Prosecco on board for the ladies. Got that to Shannon Airport, so there were 11 of us on that. Flew straight through security, straight to the pub, and then direct to Malta. No issues. We stayed there for three nights. We were in St. Julian's in the B Hotel. Went to two bars over the whole few days. One was the Dubliner, because that did a lovely fry up. And then we obviously spent a lot of time in the long hall. Not the long house, as my sister Ali was trying to convince Gary of. I think you might have got a free drink out of that one, Gary. We overall, like, it was just a brilliant experience. These type of trips really make me very grateful that Jack introduced us to this club. I did absolutely nothing touristy over the few days. I'd say the bus to the match was as touristy as it got. There were loads of laughs over the whole trip. I'd say one of the standout funny moments was probably my cousin Chris at the game shouting at the opposition players. I don't really know what he was trying to achieve from it, but it was absolutely gas. From the two legs, I'd say we dominated. We saw that they weren't very good. We took our chances at home and I think the tactics were spot on, really. Overall, very professional performance. Job done. We move on to next week. I'd say my favourite Rovers European trip so far would probably be Spurs. The crack before that game in Covent Garden and then that magical 10 minutes after we scored. I was actually brought to a nightclub after that game with my nana. My mum had to bring my little sister home and these are the type of memories that you'd only really get following Rovers away in Europe. And then I probably couldn't even pick a least favourite trip. They're always great experiences, win, lose or draw. Going on these type of trips with your family, the people you meet, it's a guaranteed good time really. If I could pick one country for Rovers to be drawn in, it would probably be Greece. And I think we'll probably end up in the Conference League group stages, but I wouldn't completely write us off for the Europa League. I suppose it's all in the look of the draw. I haven't had any European mishaps yet, and I'm hoping it stays that way. Although I do have to apologise for my voice. I think I left that somewhere in Malta. But thanks for having me on, lads. Roll on next week. Hi lads, uh, it's Mick McCarthy here, uh, the senator to some people, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll answer a few questions there uh, as short as I can. Some of them I can't because uh, they're libelous, but other than that, I'll answer the rest. Yeah, it's Mick McCarthy. How did I get there? I went by Shannon and uh, I think I met a few undesirable people on the way down, but other than that, it was a great trip. We were in and out, no problem. Uh, I spent four days there and... Uh, Four great days, fabulous days, weather, as everybody knows, good, drink, good, everything. Yeah, I said in the uh, Radisson, uh, the Golden Bay in uh, Malia, and uh, I was traveling in, and uh, it was a bit out, out of the way, it was a bit out in the sticks, but it was beautiful, beautiful hotel, uh, five star, nothing but the best. But anyway, uh, not bad for an old age pensioner living in alone, but anyway, that's life, isn't it? Uh, Listen, uh, yeah, I went in to meet Mick Cairns and all the lads and Philip and all them and uh, Albert and John Noonan and uh, Mark Bork and that in St. Paul's. So it's Paul's Bay, which was 
the taxi journey in every time, you know. But uh, what a great time, great night. Of course, Mr. Gaffney, a.k.a. Uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan, he was in top voice, giving us her all. So, uh, yeah, with a great trip. Uh, yeah, the other one, uh, did they ever have a bad trip, Rover's trip? Never. Every trip you get following Shamrock Rovers in Europe is a good one. And there's lots of stories. Very not No bad ones, all good ones. But where to start is another thing. We've seven minutes to do this. So uh, this is where we are. Uh, what did I do? And did I see any tourist places? None. Not interested anything like that when I go on a football do. Interested in the price of the point and the best bars to go to. Uh, went down to before the match into me, all you young lads. And it uh, was so great to see the new generation of hoops lads there. And I tell you, the club, as I said, people know I'm 67 years from in the hoops. And it's great to see the hands the club has left and all the good lads all enjoying themselves. Not a bad word between the whole of them. Anyway, uh, well done to everybody for making that trip, I believe, with 600. One of the highlights of the trip was Ed Sol's young son giving her all. What a little lad he is. And uh, I'm sure Ed is so proud of him, but... Uh, We've got a new leader of the singing gang in the stand. So uh, well done to the young man. And uh, he's many happy years ahead of him with that confidence he has following Shamrock Rovers. So long may you live and long may you be the leader. Betty, best city would possibly be in uh, Prague when we went to play Oldra, which was a fantastic... Uh, sorry, when we played Oldra was probably the best trip I ever had. Uh, of course, we got a win there, as you know, the two grand toys. And uh, what a night we had back in the hotel. But, you know, what happens back in the hotel with lads and all stays, stays inside, you know. So, needless to say, few people let them leak out. But they were great, they were fabulous nights. And uh, that's what it's all about, you know what I mean? We're all part of this magnificent Shamrock Rovers family. So he asked the question, do you ever have a bad one? No, never did. Uh, what did I do in the, the four days? We drank every day and we we drank every night and we sung every night. So, yeah, it was a good trip. All enjoyed it. Uh, came back through Shannon and uh, no problem at all. He asked the question, the best city? Well, look, when you're with the hoops, every city is good. The question about uh, whether we'd make Europe League or Conference League group stages this year, uh, well, I, I will never uh, undermine this team. And I, I'm known for Europe League, Europa League, to be honest with you. And uh, I have great confidence in this uh, group of people, especially the front room staff and and, uh, and all the players and all a bunch of absolute. Just say this about uh, the front uh, staff, Stephen and his staff, every one of them from Stephen down. It'd be too long to mention names. They're absolutely pure gentlemen and they treat you like you're you're one of the group. So, uh, no, I think we could go for the Europa League. And uh, why not? And the bonus question, have you ever have a mishap? No, thank God never has. But uh, probably at 73 now, there is still time that I could have one. Because I can tell you one thing, I will definitely not be giving up going on the trips till I'm on the other end of the shovel. Uh, when I'm on the other end of the shovel, that's when I'll stop going to Rovers trips. And if the whack and the, 
the crowd have to carry me onto the plane. They can do that. And uh, that's it. And uh, when you meet families like the Wilsons and all them, and the Ray and the likes of them, you don't want to give her up too easy because these people are the salt of the earth. And I would say to all them, thanks for everything. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the times. And it's been all goodness. And uh, remember this, lads. Once a hoop, you'll always be a hoop. Never forget that. We are hoops. We stick together. Stephen is a little bit of family problems now at the moment with his son, Josh. And we'll be all behind him uh, in in our own way. And, uh, you know, that... Uh, as with the shaving of the hair and all, it's a great thing. And uh, no, look after one another. And uh, thanks for being in the family of the hoops. Mick McCarthy signing off now, probably paying your whole listening to me. But uh, as people know, once I get a, something in front of me, I'll just keep talking. Anyway, best go. Have to get ready for, uh, well, Tuesday week, at least at the moment. Okay, thanks for everything, and to Carl and uh, Gary, keep up the good work. You're keeping the green flag flying. Thanks, lads. Thank you. Bye. Right, so we have um, some good accounts of Neil Walsh. Neil Walsh lived there for like a long time, I think. A couple of other lads, Jay Thomas, they yeah. lived there as well. Working for Paddy Power, yeah. Keith Doyle, fought. I was I was in the pool when this happened, so I don't know why you think I pushed him. And I wasn't dragging anyone out of bed. Did you not suggest Brandon pushed him? I don't, I'm not sure, but either way, I was just lying there and, you know, you're just kind of grazing and you're just floating and he's he's doing what he does. He's giving it the big one and out of nowhere, he just goes flying in. All his possessions, uh, a drink, a two, I think he glasses of Jack Daniels and everything. I was there when he was shouting and screaming about, I don't know what, and there was a couple just across from the pool <laughs> just, that just was a kind of rant, look, wasn't it? Just looking over, like, what is this? Yeah, like, they're like, where holidays ruined. Uh, Mick McCarthy there. He said he forgot to mention Sean and Austin. He met up with them in St. Paul's, and he also wanted to give a shout out to Kieran was Common Hoops, who gave him a lift halfway home from Shannon Airport. Ah. So he was delighted to meet up with him. Um, Mick, same as us, not interested in doing anything touristy. You don't. You go, you have the crack, you drink the points, you sing the mm. songs, and you leave it at that. Maybe a day or two out if something's really sticking out, you know, you want to see it. But we got to see where yeah. Hugo was stabbed to death, so I was happy with that. Yeah, it made work always slags me for not doing anything touristy, even though I'm there three days. But as I was just like, you know, pub, hotel, football ground, pub. That's it. Uh, Mick says he's when he'll be on the other end of the shovel. Jesus, that's. I've never crazy. heard that expression before. So we are currently on the right side of the shovel. We are doing the shoveling. We're doing the shoveling. That's grim. He's a good yeah. while left. Good lot left in the tank. Um, stats, prof. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out. The stats. Well, uh, I'll start off with we three clean sheets in a row. Which might not sound while, might not while. sound amazing, but first time since September of last year. Yeah, it's been a while, bro. And I doubted that Al would break the clean sheet record in all competitions, but there's another two. So he is he's actually a lot closer than I realised. Um we overtook the Docks record of ninety 
European games played by a European by a League of Ireland club. Go on. Um, that win over Hibs, as in the first leg win, that was only a third ever win in the European Cup slash Champions League, and we are still looking for our first away win in that competition. Um, did you notice that stat from Dan McDonnell that since we beat Flora in 2011 only Dundalk had got through the first round of the Champions League and they did it on penalties and away goals so that's how rare it is and it's rare plus it's a rare um, I think it was Owen Cowser and the Sun was pointing this out it's rare for a League of Ireland club to win so dominantly in the European Cup or Champions League. And he, no matter what the team, yeah. He had a stat that only once in 65 years had a League of Ireland team had such a first leg lead, 3-0, and that was Bowes when they played Lavadia. They beat, beat them 3-0 in 2001. Mm-hmm. So it was quite rare, yeah. Um... This show is coming out on Sunday morning. We haven't decided yet when the next one's coming out, so we don't know if it's going to come out before or after Drogheda. Could be after Drogheda on the Saturday. Um, so I have a stat related to that. We are currently 22 home league games unbeaten. And the talent year record is 23, so we're on the verge of equaling that. And uh, I'll update you on that if we break it. We've also scored in 22 consecutive home league games. Tally year record is 23, just set in July 2012. And here's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. In all competitions, we are on a run of eight consecutive home wins. That's the first time we have ever done that in Tally. Go on the pod. Eight in a row. The record had been seven from April to June 2011. We won the Satanta Cup during that run. And because that technically was not a home game, Tallow, the record home wins in a row was not then. That was only six. So it was actually seven in 2019. So now we've beaten that seven. Now we have eight. Yeah. So this is the best run since a sequence of nine <clears throat> at the RDS from September to December Jesus 1993. Rough. Our best home run since 1993. Before that was 11 at Milltown. Up to the last game in Milltown. 1987. Before we drew with Sligo. Yeah, so that's the problem with the stats. And up next, Stan and predictions. Right, so, tough one. Very tough one to come up with, right? So, I'm going to go with Manus. Grace, Pico and Hoare. Um I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and Finn in the middle. I can't wait to hear your score prediction for this. <laughs> Gary, Gary O'Neill and Finn in the middle, right? I just feel like it's going to be one of those miraculous performances from Finn. Do you know what I mean? I, I, feel, don't... Like, I feel like you do this a lot. You put Finn in the middle, but he's never going to do it though. I want him in there for one of those, one of those games, right? I'm going to go Cavo on the left and Lions on the right. And I'm hoping injuries aside and all that, I'm gonna go Jack Gaff and Bork up top. I think we'll go for it, but we'll be a little bit. Hard, we'll be very, very hard to break down in the middle. I want Gary O'Neill and Finn in there running the muck. I don't think. I don't think this is a game from a can because they're probably gonna have a lot of lovely footballers in there. 
So I think a bit of a press with some with some guile with Gar- so Finn's press, Gary O'Neill's bit of a few slaps, Gar- his guile in there, Cavo and Lions. I just think that's that's what's gonna be. Um, predictions for the game itself. I'm gonna predict that we'll score definitely, and I'll say I'm gonna say a humdinger of a game, two all draw, two all draw, and Gaff. And hard to score. We score from a set piece. We look at our set piece in Europe. Yeah. Early um, goal though. There'll be an early goal. I'm going to keep my back five the same. I'm going to bring in Tell for McCann. And I'm going to bring in Jack instead of Greener. Oh, yes. I um, agree with you. You're starting Burke as well. So who else did you drop there? Oh, you dropped Watts there, did you? Oh, shit. I was wondering, yeah. Drop Watts. Yeah, so do you know what? I'm keeping Watts and not Berkey because we're, Berkey's probably not ready yet. Fuck it, yeah, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to... Watts to spring from the bench. You know, Maloney's going to gut me for this. <laughs> You're playing two players who haven't played in weeks. Shut up, you. Away to Bulgaria. I'm sure no one will question we're gonna, this. We're going to win, yeah. Uh, I'm going to predict, rather depressingly, a 2-1 defeat. Oh, nice one, Carl. Kids are crying. Let's keep the tie alive, you know. Mm. Bring it back to Tala. They'll underestimate us and we'll beat them 2 0 in Tallinn, right? Here we go. So, 6.45 KO Irish time in Razgrad. Live. Razgrad. It sounds like uh, it sounds like some place where like laboratories and human testing goes on, isn't it? Was it the crazy forest? Do you know where it, yeah, yeah. It sounds like. Um, have you watched. You haven't watched Stranger Things, have you? Not sounds like new, a little. Not the new season. A little no. laboratory in the middle of nowhere where they <laughs> hu- test on humans. Welcome to this, Glid. Um, yeah, so live on RTE, places to watch, Prof. We haven't even procured a place yet. You could have the points. Anyone out there who wants to recommend somewhere, let us know and we'll advertise and we'll try and get a couple of hoops together who aren't travelling. It's on the real RTE now, not the, not the RTE News Now radio yeah, not station. Not the fake RTE. So, yeah, let us yeah. know if you fancy it. If you're, if, you're putting a, if you're hosting a night in the Terenure, if you're hosting one in the Pines or the Provs or anything like that, let us know and we'll, we'll put it out there and we'll make sure everybody kind of travels to their own kind of local locality and we'll get it out there so i asked a good few people over there if they were gone and uh, i don't know too many who are dan fulham's gone ryan the crew the media team lads fiddy and graham they're gone there's um, a boost of lads gone from bucharest since 20 on it so they're great to see that anyway tickets are only five quid great isn't it apparently it's a shithole as i was so. saying to you uh I'm pretty sure I've paid more into a Leinster Senior Cup game. Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have. Um, the stadium is very Tala-esque, isn't it? It's 10,400. It just looks similar to Tala, similar capacity when we upgrade. Um, do you know if Flora Tallinn are out already? They're what? They went out. Oh, I saw that 4-2. To a Finnish team, 4-2, yeah. It just shows you, doesn't it? It's a shocker it's result. Um... Dave Dunn wants me to mention this. He has a Bulgarian phrase book, and uh, it's in high demand. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the the staff want this phrase book. It's Who group. has this, by the way? Dave Dangerous Dave. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Dangerous Dave and possibly up to a hundred Hoopers uh, are going to be a part of Robert's first visit to Bulgaria since 1962, behind the Iron Curtain. So there you go. So that's it, and uh, like you said, let us know where you're going to watch it, and we'll try and get down for a point and some some grub. So that's it. 
from uh, activities this week. So keep on hoping. The Wüstener.